What it is, what it do, gamers. This is Kevin, a.k.a. Shonuff71. And we're here with Season 2, Episode 3 of the Gaming Vessels Podcast. Alongside me in the digital studio, we got my my amigos. We've got Dez, the Bay Area Terror, aka Nemo Cub. What's going on, my friend? Not much, everybody. Um, and you two fine gentlemen doing well. Um, excited because you know it's getting released, and we'll talk about that in the main event. So yes, I'm so excited. Just a little hint. So little preview. Little hint. Little hint. Preview, so. Little indie project come along by some company. <laughs> And we also have, along with us in the digital studio, we got the main man, Captain Delio, who will maximize your gaming dollar, better known as Trader Joe, a.k.a. Joe Fangul. What's going on, amigo? Not much, man. Just uh, enjoying this wonderful Saturday, Sunday. I can't even figure out the day of the week. <laughs> Sunday afternoon. So can't, when we get done with this podcast, I'm taking a shower and going to GameStop, the trade promo <laughs> is over as of today and i want to get my last licks in so any particular goal in mind you have for your store credit uh saving for games this year saving for games yeah um what i'm doing today is that there is a flash sale on psn right now and uh, there's a couple games that are selling for five bucks that i could trade in for close to 10 bucks each so it's almost like I have my cake and eat it too kind of thing. And then I'm just trying to grab a couple more games on top to kind of add to the equivalent. So uh, only thing I'm looking towards possibly picking up Call of Duty World War II again and or uh, the new Digimon game that just came out. So, so. Mm-hmm. otherwise, uh, I think I from prior trading this last month and a half, I got like a little over about 430 bucks left over in trade credit. There's nothing really I want to do with it right now. I'm just take care of pre-orders or, you know, buy a game if I feel up to it, that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. so that's it. I mean, I could buy an Xbox one X, but guess what? I'm not going to. So not right now. Come on, man. You know, you, you, you know, don't you want X to give it to you? Because no. X want X want to give it to you. I know. I, give it to you. I know. I know it wants to give X it to want me. to give it to you. You know, you just don't give want me it. a whole lot of dust on that entertainment center. That's what mine's doing anyway. But uh, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for cracks. Crackdown 3 to come out. Don't, don't want to throw any shade on our Xbox. I'm just joking, y'all. People should know me, but should, people should know that by now. Oh, I know. But, you know, there's, there's a sense of passive aggressiveness, especially with eight red rings and all sorts of stuff that, you know. <laughs> hey, I ain't gonna lie. Oh, I know. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> that is... <laughs> I am not. And, and if Sony would have done the same thing, I'd have been... I'd be throwing shade on them just as quick. So... Uh, I I, I, I I ain't got no loyalty to none of these companies. Yeah, I know. It's just like being at the craps table sometimes. You know, <laughs> you can just keep crapping out. You can keep crapping out, you know. So obviously, you know, you're going to be prejudiced against the dice that, you know, you want to get yourself a different pair of dice, you know, to roll. So. Although I, I do have to I do have to say I had a great time uh this past week hanging out with my little nephew who is uh we've introduced uh again uh, the world of destiny 2 to him and uh man he's a beast he is a beast um i haven't played multiplayer with him yet but um 
I was talking to his dad and my dude has already done a couple raids. Um, he's, he's, he's a Titan. So I can get some pointers from him cause I'm using a Titan on the Xbox side. And, um, yeah, it is, it being, being able to stay in contact with him. Uh, and, and well, actually I'll, for all my nephews for the, for the most part, cause, uh, uh, EJ is technically my great nephew. I am a great uncle. Uh, so it, it's just kind of, it, it's just neat to be able to stay in contact with him. So every time I log in, Hey, uncle Kevin, it's like, Oh, you know, even though he's going on 13, it still, it still melts my heart to, <laughs> uh, to have him jump into my, my chat. So jump into a chat and play some games together. So uh, the Xbox has has paid dividends, if nothing else, at least in that respect. So it's all good in the hood. But we're coming up on a little title uh, this Tuesday. It's just Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Friday. 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 Oh, it's Friday. Okay. Yes. Um, is it Dragon Ball that's coming out Tuesday? No, Dragon, Dragon Ball is also coming out on Friday. On Friday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Well, anyway, we've got a uh, this interesting title. It is a world-renowned series known as Monster Hunter. And what I'd like to do for our main event with uh, these two gentlemen, because I have, for all intents and purposes, zero experience in the Monster Hunter uh, series. It's got a rich legacy. I would say it would be one of those... It has a history of being one of those games that uh, can shut down Japan when a new title releases, kind of in that uh, Dragon Quest zone. Uh, as I recall, when titles were released in Japan, certain uh, the call-in rate was rather high for people mm-hmm. uh, not not coming into work that 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 day of the release or the day following and. I thought it would be really interesting for those who Monster Hunter World will be their first experience with with the series to get a glimpse as to what has been so appealing for those who have been longtime players of it. So I'm going to be interviewing you and uh, the Bay Area Terror and finding out what is... What has been so amazing with with this series? So let's jump right into that with our main event. So okay, I guess my first question, and I'll just put this out to uh, to both of you. You, you, uh, you can answer it uh, however way you want. What is your what has been your genesis with uh, Monster Hunter? What was the first game that you played? And what was that? Was it a particular game element? Was it the social aspect? What made you say, "Hey, what what woke up woke up that gamer uh, that hit that gamer funny bone in your elbow uh, when you first played it?" That made you say, "Hey, this is a series that I'm going to be, or at least a game type that I'm going to be interested for quite a while." So I'll start. Um, so for me, it was just um, Joe, uh, of course. Joe telling me, hey, there's this new game coming out called Monster Hunter. 
on uh, the PlayStation 2, you really should check it out. And I was like, um, okay, <laughs> what is this game? And he's just like, oh, you get to, you get to hunt monsters and you get to, um, you know, you get to carve them up, make, um, you know, make stuff with them, weapons, armor, uh, other knickknacks or whatever. You get to make stuff with it and you get to run around. And I was like, wow, that sounds really cool. And, and he was like, oh, and then there's also this multiplayer component where you can, you can, you know, play with other people, you know, online. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. Now, mind you, I, I really hadn't played much multiplayer online games at all. I think the other one that I played at the time was like Fantasy Star Online, which was another game that Joe was like, you know, well, we have to play this. And I was like, okay. Um, so, so I was very, very new and, and fresh to, to, to that, you know, to that genre of the multiplayer online genre. Like I'd heard of World of Warcraft and I heard all that stuff, but not being a PC gamer, I really didn't know much about it. So Joe was like, you really should get this game. It's awesome. I was really into my PS, uh, my PS2, played it a lot um, uh, between that and the Xbox uh, 360. So I was just like, okay. So um, I bought it and I started playing it. And for those of you who have not played the first Monster Hunter, <laughs> that game was hard. Um, <laughs> that game was really hard um, to play, but it, it there was this. It just it just was really really fun. It was just uh, immersive. You could run around, and uh, again, I played a lot. That was a that was a couch. That wasn't a couch co op game either, was it? It was just no. Yeah, it was just yourself. And then, or you went online, so I ended up playing that game a lot offline, just just running through playing it by myself. And then Joe was like, "You really should play it online. You're missing out." And I was just like, "Well, you know." And I was skeptical about online stuff, and I was just like, "Yeah, I don't know about this. Is my internet fast enough? What could happen? Blah blah blah. This and that." So I was most I was mostly playing it by myself, and then um, that was really one of the again that was just really really one of the first games that I played multiplayer online, and it was just weird because you'd run around and there. I remember very vividly you'd, you'd you'd run around and and there would be like you, the name your player ID was on the top of your head and I was just like, what the hell you know it's just like it's a whole new world I can go hunting with other people and I was really kind of like, you know I didn't know how to talk to people I just didn't know what to do it was very like like it was exciting but f- terrifying at the same time because it's just like what the hell you know, and so I was like all right. So my my Monster Hunter, so I, so I started right at the beginning, you know, thanks to Joe telling me about it and just saying, hey, you really should you really should play this game, but it, but it wasn't until uh, it wasn't until when it came out for the PSP, and I was able to play couch co op, you know, with with folks that Monster Hunter really took off for me because then it really became about the social aspect when we were able to connect via our mobiles, our mobile gaming, PSP, and then later the uh, three, uh, 3DS. That that was that was the the one that really kind of like yes, you know, I will hunt with Joe and Rose, his wife, and whoever else. You know, that was the that was really kind of the the game or or that those games, the PSP and the and the three uh, the 3DS is what really made me like made me fall in love with the system. What about you, Joe? Uh, for me, yeah, Monster Hunter basically is almost like, a, in in a way, very much influenced by Fantasy Star Online. And Fantasy Star Online, I know you mentioned 
my favorite game of all time, man. This is like the first online game I played uh, on the Dreamcast on there. I played some online games before on the Sega Saturn, on the Sega Saturn Netlink, but there was something to me that kind of just spoke to me. It was basically a four-player uh, game where you were able to go through uh, various worlds on various maps and play online uh, with others on there, uh, talking nor- nothing but you know keyboard chat, of course. On there, infamously, they've had a a keyboard controller for the GameCube on there that has like a keyboard right in the middle of a joypad for Fantasy Star Online on there. So I have played that game profusely, like hundreds and hundreds of hours. And so uh, seeing that Monster Hunter was kind of in the same vein, you know, whereas four player co-op online on there, I was very excited for the game to come out. Picked it up when it originally came out back in, what, 2004 on there. came out September 21st, 2004 for the PlayStation 2 at the time. And the game played very differently than it plays now. So, and you know, definitely Monster Hunter World is very much an evolution of what the original, like, genome of the series started out with. Uh, The um, Pretty much the uh, active combat in the game was controlled by the second analog stick meaning that you know if you want to swing a great sword you'd be able to you know swing your uh, second analog stick up to the side left right you know diagonals as well on there so it was a very very different system that they had in place for there but they had quite a robust uh, online ability along with you know the game was hard like desmond said there was a lot of gathering you had to do and you kind of appreciated like uh you know once you got up to the uh, next armor set that you were trying to build because basically in the game it started the whole um process of trying to uh you know fight different monsters for different parts and using those different parts to uh kind of create different uh armor uh, sets and weapons as well on there, which kind of, they kind of took that from Fantasy Star Online as well. Fantasy Star Online kind of had the thing where you had random drops that you were able to, after a certain point, gathered enough of this item and that item to be able to forge a particular new weapon on there as well. So, but uh, it's a point that uh, Monster Hunter just started with me and I was such a fervent fan of the first one. Um, I kind of had to see as far as how it kind of evolved from there. Um, you know, obviously, um, PSP, we got ports of the first game on PSP, which is Monster Hunter Freedom on there. And then I was really waiting like hardcore for Monster Hunter 2, uh, DOS to come out for PlayStation 2, but whatever reason, Capcom never decided to bring it over. And so, um, I had to wait until they brought out Monster Hunter Freedom 2 for the PSP to actually play Monster Hunter 2 proper on there. And it kind of started from there. Uh, and then Monster Hunter 2 uh, Freedom Unite on there. So that was the one, the kind of the G rank version of Monster Hunter 2 that uh, I think everyone at that point, uh, the, the series started taking off in Japan at that point in time and then started kind of. You know, me and Desmond were playing. I believe my wife was playing as well on the um, Vita on there and not on the Vita, on the PSP. Kind of people forget about the PSP. The PSP was such a great system at the time, and I need to go back and actually boot mine up for the first time in a while because I have not played that thing in quite a bit of time. But uh, that kind of where that's where the genome kind of (laughs) started for me. On there, and just like Desmond said, just being able to like take that 
and uh, I remember Desmond coming over, or um, you know, we go over to Desmond's on there, and we would play quite a bit of Monster Hunter uh, on the PSP, and then play at the couch co-op, and that kind of brought forth a little bit of the series uh, with me at that point. So, so <clears throat> what was? Let me ask you, what was the compelling aspect of the gameplay that did it for you? Uh, was it the hunting itself? Was it the ga- not knowing or figuring out different ways of as you gathered resources, putting them together for you know this killer weapon that's effective for a specific monster? Uh, was it the loot system, the mechanics? How all did this coalesce into you becoming such a big fan of the series? Uh, for me, at least, um, just the fact that, uh, you know, I went online, I went to GameFAQs, um, you know, we're just still trying to gather information about the first Monster Hunter as far as what created what, as far as the whole, you know, printing out the online facts for like the different combinations for healing items and so on and so forth and learning how to make your own meat, which is also in Monster Hunter World on that, um, you know, at the, the game had me hooked from the beginning, basically from Monster Hunter 1 proper. I mean, hell, I bought Monster Hunter 2 on import and played that uh, on a chipped uh, PS2 as well. So, I mean, pretty much uh, I, w- I got the collector's edition imported from Japan. I ordered it from NCSX, if you remember. <laughs> that. Oh, yeah organization <laughs> but i had that imported and it had like a nice figure in a nice big box along with a a, a little uh, meat figurine on there which played the little song you know because there's a little song that you had the time in the original monster hunter uh, with a particular button press to be able to make uh, um, the uh, well done meat on that so so, I mean, the genome started at the beginning, and I've been a, a fervent fan of the uh, series ever since on there, so mm-hmm. on that. Um, well, let me ask you ask you this question. Um, Monster Hunter World obviously plays considerably different than, you know, the first one or those oh. early games, right? Yeah, yeah, they do. What was the first evolution in the gameplay that you noticed from the first titles that you played to say you know moving to psp later moving to nintendo's uh ds and uh, 3ds systems what were some of the key evolutions in the gameplay that you said okay so based on where this started I really like the direction that they're going in this. So was there any kind of key elements that uh, really kind of drew you in and just made you continue to follow the game uh, as far as improvements over time? Um, as far as the improvements over time, I mean, I like the fact of what they did with the PSP. You know, obviously there's that whole um you know, co-op, couch co-op with others and and give people a reason to kind of get together from there. I mean, obviously with the Monster Hunter 2, with the Freedom Unite on there, um, there was introductions of like uh, new weapons on there. There's like four different weapons introduced and and introduced a gem system on there. Uh, What we're kind of overlooking too, what me and Desmond was mentioning prior is that Monster Hunter 3, um, 
came out for the Wii. And in fact, it came out for the Wii, and we weren't, weren't sure if it was going to come out portably for the 3DS at some point. Because Monster Hunter 3 actually came out in 2010 on there, and then we didn't really get the 3DS version of Monster Hunter 3 until uh, Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate was announced and released on there. So, so and Monster Hunter 3 was really evolutionary at the time because uh, first they added the Switch Axe to the series, and they added underwater exploration and combat, which is not in Monster Hunter World. They took it out of Monster Hunter um, uh, Monster Hunter 4 and Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate on there. So it's the only game in the series that does feature underwater combat. And underwater combat, for all intents and purposes, um, it was something that you had to really learn to get good at on there because the control scheme wasn't all that great on there. But uh, Monster Hunter Tri is a game that I played profusely, but at the same time, I didn't play it as much as maybe the uh, games on the PSP and on the PS2. On there, only when uh, they enabled, um, as far as the um, Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate Edition that came out for 3DS and, and Wii is when it just really kind of coalesced for me on there. So because of the fact that I was doing the cross-platform play between 3DS and Wii U, I'd play at home on my system and then, you know, I would take my save and take it on the go, play it, you know, at work or play it with friends. Uh, I wound up meeting a friend at work, uh, the janitor at work, surprisingly, um, that was a big Monster Hunter fan. And so we got together with a group of friends and, uh, Basically, uh, we got involved with Capcom, and Capcom was running uh, community events at their headquarters in San Mateo, and uh, we wound up, um, you know, Desmond met us out there, and then we drove out there, stayed in San Mateo for two days playing Monster Hunter at Capcom's headquarters on there, so it was uh, it was crazy. And I don't know for two days. It might have been one day. And Desmond, do you remember if it was one day or two days? I think it was just one day, right? It was just one day. Yeah, like, it was just it was one like, day. We were there for like ten hours. <laughs> yeah, like we were there for for quite a while, and I just you know remember being there with like hundreds, hundreds of um of people at the um, Capcom headquarters, and they had I think they even gave us lunch too. It was just like you, yeah. it was a, it was a paid thing. It was like you went to the the campus and you you know you all had your you know your three DSs out and you just sat there and you would just kind of literally we sat there and played and they had giveaways they had a store you could buy stuff i won i won a they're giving away these um these masks at the time they had these little creatures i can't remember what they were called they were like the antithesis of the um cats yeah, yeah. the phallic, yeah the, uh, the cats uh, and so there are these little guys that followed you around and they wore these masks, sort of like Majora's mask from, from uh, Legend of Zelda. And so they were giving away those masks, and I actually won a mask signed by, by the creator. And what did I do? I gave it to Joe because <laughs> I know that Joe, you know, loves it. So and it's great because it's, like it's like hanging in his, in his house. So, it's just, so it's, just, it's just Monster Hunter, again, you know, brings that community, you know, spirit back to um to i don't want to say back because it was always there but but it just i think capcom was really just trying hard to to um foster that sense of community and it, and it worked um and it was great it really was great we met a lot of really cool people 
from that from that experience and 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 it was i mean i really t- had a lot i just can't believe we stayed there and did that as long as we did that was just oh no i was fervent i mean we literally we drove like what two and a half hours to go stay there and i remember bringing our wii u with us to the event too yeah on there because they had a monitor set up for people that wanted to bring their wii u's on on, on top of people bringing their 3ds's and yeah. so we kind of got together with Rose because Rose loved to play on the 3DS specifically. Yeah. She didn't like to play the 3DS. Uh, she liked to play on the Wii U specifically. That's what I meant to say. So, on there. But you could kind of see Kevin just originally circle back to your question. You could see the evolution in the gameplay from the original PS2 version, which was you know very hard in comparison to see where they're starting to streamline things further on the series um three of course underwater i loved the underwater combat after a while but imagine taking on a boss underwater and then having to deal with swimming at the same time fighting it was uh, something to learn and it was quite a good evolution in the series but then four kind of came along to streamline everything four brought along the thing where you're able to actually have different layers on the map and be able to be able to mount certain monsters on there and do things which you know this is an evolution in monster Hunter world now because monster Hunter world for all intents and purposes is monster Hunter five with just another name attached to it probably to you know make it to where it could be more approachable than having a numbered release per se so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what about you uh, desmond you know he's asking about the uh, evolution of the series can, can you see the evolution from the first monster hunter up until this current uh, rendition of the game yeah, no, I, I think I think you kind of like, nailed it right on the right on the head. I mean, I, I think one thing that we really have to we really have to talk about specifically is the swimming, and I know that that was a very controversial uh, addition that was added in Monster Hunter Try, um, and I, for one, didn't I didn't think it was that bad. Honestly, I, I actually I actually liked it. I thought it added another. Uh, another um level of gameplay uh, that you would have that you had to uh master while 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 playing it like so i actually got pretty good at it i thought it was fun i i thought the controller itself the nunchuck controller didn't really uh lend itself to to underwater combat and and just to monster hunter in general um you definitely needed a pro controller uh playing monster hunter it just you know, it, it it's just one of those games that you, you and Nintendo is just kind of you know known for its kind of like gimmicky things. And I do definitely you, know, you can fight me on it, but I do think that the 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 nunchucks were a gimmick. You know, there's nothing wrong with a regular controller, and I just don't think yeah. that that it was you know um, necessary for, for that game. That's a sub, that's a separate you know thing. But you I talk, personally you talk, enjoyed. You talk about the Wiimote, right? Not yeah. the nunchucks. Sorry, the, the Wiimote. Was right. all, Sorry, yeah. the, the Wiimote. I I personally loved. Um, swimming um i didn't like it at the time um and maybe i'm looking back on it with um rose colored glasses of nostalgia but yeah. i remember i remember swimming down and then having to fight you know um i almost said lapras but i'm like that's a different <laughs> that's that's pokemon not you know or a ludroth sorry a ludroth yeah. yeah um swimming around and i, I actually thought it was fine um fighting underwater um and, and i really was sad to see that they shied away from it um with, with with uh subsequent releases i i thought that was a great evolutionary step 
Um, yeah. And I thought all the yeah, weapons I, that they introduced were were have been great. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I I just think every game has built upon itself, and and which is funny is is I don't think that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, just Joe. I just don't think that um, at the beginning, Monster Hunter was really. Um, it wasn't really selling that well. It wasn't really hitting that well. And no, and, no, and when no, they, not really. So, so, and this, this is a clear, a clear indicator that, that, um, they took a console game, transported it to, um, to a handheld. And I was mad. I was like, what? It's coming out for a handheld. Oh, that's bullshit. <clears throat> you know, this is a console game. And then it made the transition to a, to a, to a handheld. And I was like, okay, and then I played it, and it was and it was good. You know, it, I enjoyed it, and and it was from being a handheld that was able to justify it coming back to um to a, to a console release. And I'm thinking, um, I hope that this this um, some other games that have gone, you know, the way of the of, of of the handheld will be able to come back as console releases you know um or, or given that option because i really thought that we would never have another console monster hunter i just thought that that, that i was just literally waiting for you know uh, another another um monster hunter uh portable release i, I really yeah. really was waiting for i honestly was waiting for monster hunter 5 on the 3ds is what i was waiting for so when joe told me that it's coming out for a console i was like what Ah, HD graphics. It's going to be amazing. I cannot oh. wait. And the game has and and everything that I've played in the beta, the game has not disappointed. So I I've been waiting for the game to circle back over to consoles because with you know, Monster Hunter Three and Monster Hunter Three Ultimate specifically. I mean, I I started playing Monster Hunter on uh, TV with a controller, and uh, as much as I enjoyed all the portable renditions, it's my preferred method of playing the game is with a on a console, not portably. I think portably, uh, with the addition of the um, the circle analog stick to the 3DS, commonly known as the Frankenstick <laughs> that came out before they had dual analogs on the uh, new 3DS on there with the nub on there that uh, um, that the game played better on a controller uh, or on the Frankenstick versus, uh, you know, playing just with a 3DS because of the fact there was only only one analog stick uh, for the system on there. So mm -hmm. on that, so you kind of had to introduce that. Then uh, for both me and Desmond, I could probably say that Monster Hunter 4 and Monster Hunter uh, Generations both were like good games. That I play Monster Hunter 4 quite a bit, but not as much as 3 and then Monster Hunter Generations. Um, I didn't really play too too much on there, and I don't. I kind of feel bad. That I kind of let that game kind of go. I know Monster Hunter Double Cross just came out for the Switch in Japan last year, on there, and we're still waiting to see. But uh, also interesting to look at too is to see you know how um, Capcom's kind of played off different third parties, different console manufacturers on this because this game got super popular in Japan on the PSP. And everyone was expecting for them to release the next version of Monster Hunter on the Vita once the Vita came out. And, of course, uh, they uh, did a wonderful, I don't want to say double cross or, you know. <laughs> That's a different um, game. Yeah, I know it's a different game. <laughs> but uh, basically they decided for whatever reason to bring it out on the Wii because the Wii was uh, dollar dollar at the time. It was uh, very popular in Japan and also in the U.S. And so... 
and I think Nintendo gave him a money hat or two to bring the uh, series over uh, to the Wii at the time and then kind of settled on the Wii for that point in time until, you know, obviously 5, you know, and I almost feel like Monster Hunter Double Cross is not being released for the Switch or hasn't been announced because of the fact that uh, and Nintendo's not willing to help Capcom release it in the U.S. and Europe. I think they help pay for localization or help with some so co-marketing deal with Capcom to bring the series to the Wii and the 3DS. And now that the, the series is circling back with a proper sequel on, you know, PS4 and Xbox One and PC, that they're not uh, outlaying the dala-dala the to help uh, Capcom bring out Double Cross for the Switch, which probably would make them quite a bit of money if they do, did go ahead and do that. So, mm-hmm. um, Let's go back to the... Jump back a little bit in with regards to the history of the game, uh, specifically when it transitioned, the series transitioned from... Uh, PlayStation uh, consoles and portables to Nintendo. Uh, Let me ask you guys this question. Do you think something may have been lost or do you think something was gained with regards to that? What I mean by that is ergonomically, the PSP and the DS are different. Uh, Tech-wise, they're different. Do you think that move, obviously they thought it was a good financial uh, move to make based on the popularity of the uh, uh, Nintendo brands. How do you feel as regards to that? Do you think it was a hindrance, whether be it how the, the machines felt in your hand, long durations of play? Do you think it was a benefit, meaning, hey, I've got more potential people to play with. Uh, what was your feelings uh, on that on that switch and how do you think it affected your enjoyment of the game or did it affect it at all? Um, I think it definitely um, it's an interesting question. I think it definitely um, created better enjoyment for for the game. Um, uh, I'm thinking so yeah. for me. I mean, I just because I, I, I mean, I again, I was just remember I, I, I played this game the first the first iteration. I played it by myself, so it was a very solitary you know experience for me. And I know that it was touted as like you know play online with your friends, but I never really was like me. So so I never really did that for the first one. So um, so the handheld, you know, just made it much more accessible. Um, and when Joe was talking about the. Uh, the the Franken thing, <laughs> the Franken the, whole, the I, Circle Pad Pro. Yeah, the, I remember. You know, he told me you should get this, and I was like, and I'm like, because I was playing it with the, you know, with with the analog joystick, and I was like moving around and stuff like that. So it was kind of awkward, but you know, it was again, it's one of those games where I was like, you know, I'm gonna learn how to play this damn game, you know, <laughs> and I did. But when the Circle, you know when that came out, I was just like, yeah, you know? Um, so yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I would have to say that it did, you know, the evolution of the game from the PSP to the Wii, uh, was something to me that kind of was good in a way, because on the PSP, remember the claw method we had to do 
Desmond, uh, literally they would call it the claw because you'd have to hold both uh, left and right um, sticks up on the top with the combat and you'd have to hold your hand in a certain way oh. on there that gave yeah. people sometimes hand cramps. <laughs> yeah. I remember sometimes after playing the game for like an hour and a half, it's like doing the claw method to try to control certain <laughs> weapons in the game that after a while it was just like, Oh crap. You know, so. forgot about the claw. Yeah. You, you, you'd, you'd have to put the console, you'd have to put the, the, the unit down and shake out your hands. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it was it was it, it, it was, it was a labor of love. Yeah, it was challenging for sure. <laughs> to me, to play on that uh, Wii U classic controller versus doing the claw method, it's like, oh god, this is like good. That's another reason why I like playing on a, on the actual consoles because I actually had proper controls. You know, you know, with the 3DS version of uh, Monster Hunter uh, Three Ultimate, I literally, you know, like I said, I went out and bought the Circle Pad Pro add-on, which added a uh, uh, camera controlling analog stick on there because either that you'd have to use a touchscreen to control the camera and monster hunter had this like left um analog button on the top where you could reset the camera each time so i got very good at you know not having a second analog stick to readjust the camera that i was always hitting that button to go in and do that and so it's just uh you know at the time when monster hunter 3 try came out i mean it had online play Granted, had We Speak for uh, talking. It was Ooh, the first I, game. I was wondering if yeah. you were going to bring We Speak up and how horrible that was. Oh yeah, it was, it was garbage. You, you were better <laughs> it was off. So not. bad. Oh my god! If you guys ever have played We Speak, that was so. We literally, we literally would would turn on our PS, our PS threes. Was it PS? Yeah, PS threes. Yeah. We turn on our PS three, create a chat room in PS three, and then switch over you know to the monster hunter and so that's how we played we would we we were like you know to hell with nintendo speak that's how we did it we literally had to utilize two systems to play this game it was yeah. so silly it was that nintendo speak the, the, was garbage the we speak was horrible because of the fact that you had to pay for it too you had to buy that freaking <laughs> microphone peripheral and oh, it literally yeah. just stayed in the room with you while you were trying to speak and yeah it just sounded like you would have been better off coming up with monster hunter or nintendo branded walkie talkies or right? like a, a cb system or some crap because it's about comparable you know, i'm gonna be doing breaker breaker one monster up, up <laughs> it was bad it was bad yeah but we did it we did yeah. it and, you know, in a way, I'm going to miss the couch co-op portion of it. I wish there was a portable version of this game to go along with the proper Monster Hunter world because of the fact that, I mean, one of the, some of my greatest memories is getting with a group of guys, guys I met through my janitor friend at work where literally I literally had like uh, eight people in my living room along with my wife and myself sitting there playing and just getting together, getting in two separate groups of four and then be able to, you know, hunt and go after certain specific high rank g rank monsters and just it was just fun because once you get into the game you could literally put like hundreds of hours into it and, and still have it still be fresh you know because they're you know especially with the g rank monsters and one thing too that nintendo kind of did too as well is that special monster hunter 4 ultimate when it came out is that we're waiting for a while after Monster 3 Ultimate came out uh, because Monster Hunter 4 came out in Japan for the 3DS and literally we were just waiting for literally for I think for practically a year and a half two years for them to announce this game for the West 
and we did not hear Jack, you know what, you know, about what was going on at the time. And so a lot of people were, you know, messaging Nintendo online, messaging Capcom, when is it going to get announced, so on and so forth, yada, 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 because the game came out in 2013 on the 3DS in Japan, and basically... Uh, Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate didn't release until sometime in the later portion of 2014. So we literally had to wait uh, quite a bit of time. I think it actually it, did it come out in 2014 or 2015. I'm trying to remember when it came out. So. I think it was 15. Yeah, it was 15. Yeah. So that block of time really put my Monster Hunter love on ice a bit because I was PO'd that they were waiting for so long. Because you know, normally in Japan, they have like the uh, numbered edition and they have a G-Rank version. They would release both on there. And then ultimately with uh, that, we didn't get the Monster Hunter 4 proper. We only got the Monster Hunter 4G. And I was so fervent about it. I wanted importing a 3DS with Monster Hunter 4 and was playing the Japanese version for a while. And they're waiting for the game to get announced. So. So I'm grateful they're going back to console for that reason, too, that we don't have to. They're going to make their money. They're not going to wait to bring this game out. Then they're going to try to keep it to where um, everything's going to be uh, you know, steady with all three platforms that it's on, too. So that's one thing I'm looking forward to. So, okay. so <clears throat> let's move into the current, I guess, or technically future, since it hasn't released quite yet. But the... Uh, the current uh, state of Monster Hunter from a gameplay perspective. Um, I know for me, the one of the things that I found a little daunting, just the, the couple of times that I tried, uh, tried Monster Hunter, I think I tried Monster Hunter 3, the Wii U version, I think was my own one and only time uh, attempting uh, to play that game. Yeah, I remember. I remember. But, I think. Yeah, you gave up after like 10, 15 minutes. Because yeah, <laughs> again, um, but but like, coming I don't blame them. Though. Yeah, you I don't know, blame it was yeah, it, that 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 was a hard that was a hard starter game for people. Like, let's be honest. You know, you had the swimming, you had all this other stuff, and then like that was not a that was just not a fun entry level game on that system. It is, you know, for 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 people who were in who were entry like so. I don't I don't really don't blame you. Like I'm so oh, I, yeah, I don't blame you either, Kevin. I mean, it's to me, I think this is a good entry point for a lot of people to the series. You know, we'll have to see how you know if any quirks come up later about it. You know, as far as people understanding about this or that, but. Uh, uh, so I guess my question to you to to you uh, now is based on what of from what we played of the beta, what you played of the beta, going back through the series when you for the first time you played Monster Hunter, you know, going back to the PS2 um, and starting new games in subs in the subsequent subsequent sequels, uh, what ch- keep key changes in the gameplay because we really don't know how it quote unquote starts yet because we don't have the the finished product in our hands yet but what if you could pin down maybe two gameplay mechanics uh that are just head in monster hunter world that are just maybe heads and shoulders above what how the series started 
what two would would you think would would that would they be uh, just based off your history with the series? You know, what is Monster Hunter World doing that is maybe a mechanic that was present in the series before, but is just executed in a way that is just much more fluid now? Um, for me, I think it would just be the weapon animations um, and how and how the weapons feel when you're when you're using them. <clears throat> so far, like I, I spent a lot of time in the training area just uh, messing with each of the weapons and seeing how they play. I think being able to, uh, the executions on the on the because I, I I honestly feel that to an extent playing Monster Hunter is like playing a fighting game. Um, and each weapon is a fighting again is a fighting style. So you learn, you know, forward, you know, forward X. Sorry, uh, forward triangle circle. You know, does something, and then triangle circle together does something. So it's this really kind of uh, weapon um, combos that you can do. So 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 far, I think the combo system feels really uh, fresh, and it feels really um, fluid when you're when you're using your weapons and each weapon definitely feels different even when you're using the um the great sword and then you change the um like like the great sword versus the switch axe in great in great sword form even those two are the move sets are different you know enough i mean you're literally turning your switch axe into uh, a a great sword but but the move the move sets are, are different, just different enough to make it feel like a totally different weapon that you're using. So there's 14 weapons, but honestly, there's actually more than 14 weapons when you think about it. There's like 16, you know, um, because you have the the switch axe that turns into a, a great sword, and then you have the uh, sword and shield. Oh, that turns into an axe. I can't remember the name of it. The the switch. Or the charge, the charge. I can't remember what it's called, but um, so you actually charge have, axe. yeah, the charge axe. Thank you. So you have, so you have multiple like weapons, and I think when they added the the different weapon forms, uh, that was a great step. You know, making these hybrid weapons. Like, so what I want, you know, in, in the future, and I don't know if you're going to ask this or not, but for, for what I want in the future is to have sort of a. Um, like a dual, a dual swords that you can actually uh, put together, you know, and make like a like a single sword with them. So you can you can go into like a, a two handed mode and then into a a, um, a one handed mode. So something like that, you know, where where, where you kind of hook them together and 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 use it as like a like like a staff or something, you know. So so instead of the dual daggers, you're actually wearing using two swords and you put them together as like one, you know, long sword that you're using or something to that effect. It's like mm-hmm. there's certain things that you can do with this game that 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 is um the just just for the weapons, like I because I do think that Monster Hunter Worlds is going to be a hit. I do believe that no knocking on wood necessary. I do believe it's going to be a hit, and I do believe that we will be getting a Monster Hunter Worlds two. Um, just just because I think this this game is 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 ripe for um, for expansion. What do you think, Joe? Uh, what I noticed in Monster Hunter World that's maybe different is that they're able to get the uh, ecosystem a little bit more uh, up to snuff as far as with the AI functions on there. Just seeing like you know monsters going after different monsters on there. Um, the stuff you've seen previously in the past in certain Monster Hunter games, but they haven't been fully realized on there. Um, and just 
also to the aspects of the grappling hook being new of course that's uh, something that the, they're introducing there's a lot more of the mounting of the monsters in this game than has been in prior renditions of the series and they streamline a lot of few of the things you know you got those um flash bugs that kind of go from spot to spot especially hunting down footprints that way yeah, you're the able flies. to yeah, the flies yes be able to see uh, what's going on, how to properly uh, get to the monster. And the, the I have a question about been, that before you move on. Yeah, what sure. do you think about that? You know, do you do you like the scout flies being an, an added addition? I know some people, you know, online, online, <laughs> you know, uh, people are, or some people are really, they don't like it because it, it kind of, quote unquote, dumb, dumbs down the game. Um, but because in the, in the, in the past, you literally just had to recognize what you were looking at and then walk up to it and then it would, you know, X would pop up. So they were much more hidden in the, hidden in the, in the levels of where you would find. And so you'd have to, you know, get the maps and stuff like that, which I do, which I do think were really cool. Like all the, all the ancillary stuff that people created for Monster Hunter, like the maps and the, I mean, and the, uh, the, the gathering spots and stuff like that. So with, with that, you know, element kind of being taken out. Like, what, what do you like? What do you think about that that specific addition to the game? Well, it's there for people that want to use it. I noticed when I was playing the demo that I was ignoring the scout flies and just roaming around, checking out the environment and gathering items, like I kind of did in the previous games in the series. And I kind of lost the scent of the scout flies. And so the scout flies are there if you just want to go and just attack and kill the main monster in the level. But at the same time, you, you can, you know, put your blinders on. You don't necessarily have to pay attention to it. You know, you can go and explore the different zones in the area. Now, having a loading screen for different zones is kind of something to get used to, too, as well, because back, you know, the Monster Hunter Kevin, uh, since the first game, Basically, um, they had certain a map with certain set amount of zones, and you had to wait for the next zone to load on here. Monster Hunter World, basically all the zones are available. The whole map's available in the memory at the same time, and so there's no loading screens to go back and forth between sections of the map anymore on there. And that's going to be a constant thing because sometimes you're getting your ass handed to you by a monster. You're going to just run to the end, into the edge of the zone and go into the next zone to kind of go and heal up a bit and then go back into the place where the main monster that you're fighting is in uh, sometimes because, you know, with Monster Hunter, once you die twice, pretty much you're you're done. The, the um, round ends and that's it. You, know, you failed your mission once you died two times on there. So um, for me, I, I actually like the scout flies. Um, I think that they add an interesting element to the uh to the to the game because you're able with the scout flies you're able to um you're able to find different things um within like the tracks and and you can find the tracks and then you can i guess within the the gameplay you have other you have missions within missions to 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 complete which i think is great so you can use the scout flies to sort of find other elements and then you get like goo or or something monster poop probably and then you get to like mucus yeah the mucus or whatever you know you get that stuff and then you you have to get a certain amount of that so there's actually gathering while you're hunting so it's not just 
it's not just you, you 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 go and you have to eliminate this many things or you have to eliminate this monster. There's like, you know, while you're killing this, by the way, you need to get this and this and this. And I like that. I think that's a great addition to to get people to kind of like move around in the spaces. Um, another thing that I noticed is is even though there are no loading screens, which I think is great, everything is working together, you can actually walk around now while you are uh, drinking your healing potions, which I think is great. You can actually, because in the original game, you were literally stuck there, you know, in your animation. Like you would, you would, you would stop, you drink it, and then you, you know, make this weird like animation, you know, of like pumping up, and then you, then you'd be able to move again. So that's why it was so detrimental, you know, to kind of like if a monster's charging you and you have to and you have to heal up, you like you're literally stuck there for for about three seconds, three or four seconds. So. So to be able to, like, walk around a tree while you're drinking is, is kind of cool. So there's little, like, you know, quality of life improvements that they did that made it so it wasn't so bad, you know, having the staring down a monster or, or, or what have you. So so I'm actually like, sweet, let's do this. So. All right. Well, let me ask you guys this one more question while we're talking about Monster Hunter World. Um the, I, and I think I'm just speaking from myself after playing someone that I think it's a lot more uh, user friendly, if that makes any sense. The combat is the the flow of combat. I think uh, is really impressive to me. It reminds me a lot of um, Dragon's Dogma in some aspects which is a, a very favorite action RPG of mine. Um, <clears throat> so I think the core, I think the core of it, and let me, and this, I guess this will be my, my final question as we look at Monster Hunter World coming up and the potential of future titles or updates uh, post this game's release. Do you think that some of the improvements that are being done run the risk of alienating long-term fans of the series by, you know, the whole, oh, it's casual, it's been casualized, this is too casual, I like my... um, I like that initial challenge of getting started. Uh, do you think that some of the changes that Capcom has decided to make with Monster Hunter World, um, do you think there is a risk of that happening? Why don't you go first, Joe? Okay. I do not think this game is dumbed down. I think it's just the point that they've gotten it to where um, they have it on the next generation system. It's not like it's dumbed down Monster Hunter. I still think there's elements of the series. It's not, obviously, as obtuse and as hard as it was back in the original PlayStation 2 era on there. But I'm one thing about the series, I always like the fact that the games always evolve, meaning they added new weapons, they added new uh, gameplay elements that, that didn't seem like uh, they were um, just done for the sake of gaining a bigger audience on there, that the the fans of the series kind of grew for the fact um, it's just not like they're trying to sell a, um, you know, a 
triple A first person shooter or something like that. Um, the, things kind of evolved over time, but still, I mean, if I want to just bust out the great sword like I did in Monster Hunter One, it literally is almost like the uh, same gameplay elements as far as the animations on the sword. Obviously, with the different changes, of course, but the, still, if if you look at the basics on there they're still the same you know on there so and then especially with the gathering the uh, fishing uh the making of the meat and everything is still in there enough enough homage to um the origin of the series i don't think this is something to where it's just uh kind of jumping the third rail necessarily as far as the um elements of the series that still would be uh speaking to people that have been playing the, the game since the beginning on there so yeah i i don't think this is uh, something to where it's gonna um insult anyone that's been a fan of the series for a long time on there and plus it gives you opportunity for gamers like you to kind of jump in especially with everything that's been involved in the series so far to make it a, a quicker uh, jumping in point on here so mm-hmm. i would agree with everything that joe has already said and say that is a long it's been a long time coming for this to be on a on a um next gen console i'm excited um one thing i i I, when people were a little bit sort of annoyed with is i guess some of the graphics um were not pushed as much as they could have been because it's kind of been i guess the the graphics engine they're using is is not the like top of the line best next gen you know stuff so so part of me is just kind of like it makes me hope that at some point, because it's not on the next tier, greatest, great, you know, um, software, is that we can actually get a Nintendo Switch version of this and then, um, you know, get a port over to Nintendo Switch so we can play it on the go with the Nintendo Switch. I would definitely buy this game again on Nintendo Switch if, uh, if it was to come out. Uh, having said that, I do hope that when Monster Hunter World 2 comes out, it is, uh, they do push the the graphical um you know fidelity and 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 just that just the way the the it looks you know don't get me wrong it looks fantastic now when i play the demo i am just swept away by it so i am i am much more you know in it to win it with this um with this it's just i am excited i have i've been waiting for this game to come back to console you know, in in all its glory, and I do not feel that I will be disappointed. And I do feel that if you were ever on the fence about a Monster Hunter game, uh, this is a great entry point. Like you're getting everything that uh, a Monster Hunter, you know, could dream of right now. I mean, aside from swimming, but again, hopefully they'll redefine it and we might get it back again. Although I don't think so, though. I, I think I think most of the people who most of the creators uh, believe that swimming was kind of a, eh, but. No, uh, I was just reading an article not too long ago with saying that they're interested in bringing the swimming back at some point. That uh, oh, great, well, then bring it back. That, yeah, they were just saying that the, because they're trying to refine the mechanics, it was taking too much time, taken away from them developing the actual game on Monster Hunter Four. That's the reason why they took swimming out. But okay. they, they're looking to bring swimming back yeah, at some point. It's still in the back of their minds as far as how they're going to reintroduce that gameplay technique on there. Cannot so. wait for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So pick it up. It comes out Friday. 
Yep. And uh, and you can definitely, you know, find us on PSN and we will definitely, you know, hunt with you all. I'm sure we're going to be having some um, Monster Hunter uh, gaming vessel nights. So, you know, it's going to be awesome. Okay. Well, for sure. For sure on that. I know. And I will just say um, real quick is that the whole concept of Monster Hunter uh, in general, at a, you know, in a general looking at, okay, I'm a dude. Or or a, a a chick, I don't know. Corey was gender selection always uh, a possibility in yep. all throughout the series. Okay, throughout the whole series, I could be a guy or gal, get some cool weapons, and go out and, and hunt some and hunt some some pretty dope looking creatures. I that has me written all over it. Um, I think some of the the just the high bar of entry that I experienced with. Uh, three ultimate mh3 ultimate i was just like man this is crazy but i found um a, a, a the the core aspect of that gameplay in a lot of the quote-unquote clones like god eater i'm a i am a huge fan of god eater i i, I that was really the first of the clone type games that i really got into uh, uh, playing uh, God Eater, God Eater uh, Resurrection on the PS4, and um, and I think I might have played it on P. Yeah, I did. P- I did initially play it on PSP. I didn't finish it, but uh, I had it on PSP. Bought it again on PS4, and I loved it. You know, and obviously we've been we played Tokiden, all of those. You know, kind of fast paced, not quite as uh, in depth in some of the minutia that monster that monster hunter presented it was just a different side of the hunting genre and i really it definitely uh love those games lo- love that series um how do you think and and this is kind of looking into a uh Getting a perspective from you guys, who again have been with this with the the originator of the, the of that genre for so long, how do you feel the sequels to those quote unquote clone games would need to react with regard to Monster Hunter World? Is are there some things that just based off what we of what you played in the beta? And uh, I think we've all played, say, like Monster Hunter uh, uh, Resurrection. Um, are there some things that you would like going that you maybe would like to see? Okay, I want to see. This is where God Eater needs to step its game up in this aspect with regards to what Monster Hunter World is doing. Um, I don't know if that kind of makes any sense in the in the question that I'm asking. I'm kind of asking you to. Um, since the inspiration came from Monster Hunter for these games to begin with, the ante's been raised in world. What? How would you like you expect to see the quote-unquote clones respond to what uh, Capcom's bringing in world? Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> well, to me, at least, um, you know, it's like 
just like you would kind of compare fighting games, I would kind of compare the same thing with Monster Hunter type. You know, basically everything started with Street Fighter 2 and then everything kind of evolved from there. So, you know, as far as the minutia of the, you know, as far as the gameplay from, like, say, Monster Hunter World is going to influence, like, say, God Eater 3 or Todekin 3, um, you know, I'm sure they'll be conscientious of what they're doing. Uh, Capcom's doing with Monster Hunter World, but at the same time, they got their own inspiration. You know, they started with the uh, framework of the, you know, four-player online, you know, multiplayer um, weapons game. And originally, that started with Fantasy Star Online. So pretty much, you know, they could be taking their influence definitely from Monster Hunter, but at the same time, adding their own spin on that. And I would prefer that these uh, different games from these different Japanese companies basically... Do what's inspiring to you to create the um, perfect iteration of the game you want to create. I don't want to constantly be looking at Monster Hunter or Todekin or anything else. Like, say, if I was the director of God Eater 3, I mean, I want to be able to know what we've done with the series so far and how we're going to evolve the gameplay based on what I want to do, what my creative you know, g- genome might be. On and not here. as so, a direct response to what... No, Monster Hunter World is doing okay. Yeah, it's, it's, I, it's just like you know, SNK and and Capcom. You know, it's like you know, do you think SNK looked at what Capcom was doing with Alpha, the the, the design, the, the the latest greatest King of Fighters? I mean, once you start from a framework, uh, pretty much as, as long as the breadth of different design decisions and different directions that you could go in could be possibly endless you know so it just depends as far as how they want to approach things if they want to make make things more streamlined even make things more obtuse it just depends on how uh, how they want to approach the situation so for me um i have to agree with uh with what joe was saying of course um i guess it just depends on what they're trying to what they're trying to accomplish within their clone you know, their uh, fighting games is a great analogy. You know, they took that one seed uh, from Street Fighter and then broadened it as big as they wanted. Um, and I'm hopeful that with Monster Hunter, it'll be somewhat the same. I, I just hope that this makes them them step their game up, so to speak. Uh, by that, I mean, hopefully we'll get... Um, we'll get like a, a Totoken 3 and it'll be, you know, even better or we'll get a God Eater 3 and it'll be even better or we'll get a whole new genre. Um, uh, sorry, not a genre, a whole new game, like maybe a mech style game where, where you run around in mechs with your, with your friends and you, and you, and you scalvage parts and it's an alien invasion. Maybe we'll get a Robotech a Robotech Monster Hunter type game. I don't know. You know, the, the, the sky's the limit. It's just the way the industry is going and the way this stuff is is, is moving is people want to be able to play with their friends. They're, they want to be able to have fun with their friends and play games with their friends and do this stuff with their friends. And, and so that's why I think Monster Hunter is so great about it. Um, that's why I think Anthem is going to be going to be great because it's literally doing the doing what people want you know you you get really cool shit and you get to play with your friends and show off to your friends i mean i cannot wait to be able to you know make joe drool with envy you know <laughs> when i get you know when i get a cool ass armor you know or weapon yeah. he's just like what <laughs> ah, you know so so that's that's what 
that's what this is, you know, going to do. And, and I'm all for it. I think this is going to be amazing and I cannot wait. Okay. All right. Then folks, I just want to, you know, uh, hope you all enjoyed that, uh, deep dive into the monster hunter series and where the, where its roots originated from and where it is now with monster hunter world. I know, uh, me personally, as uh, you know, the, uh, the the Padawan of the group, <laughs> if you want to call it that, uh, the verbal teacher, you'll teach. Yeah, I, I'm very much looking forward to uh, jumping into this game. Um, very excited. It is. It is one of my most. In, it is my. It, it was number one for my personal anticipated uh, for 2018, and. Um, I think, yeah, the same case for all three of us. It was the most anticipated hat trick. Uh, it is right up there with uh, DBZ uh, for me personally. So I cannot wait. But um, I think we had a good, we, a good discussion, got into that really well. But we have, and we have been, we have a contest or we've had a contest going on. And uh, we're going to slide into our entrance for our Gaming Vessels Contest. So we're going to begin reading off our uh, participants in our contest, and the uh, winner for this contest is definitely going to be announced on this episode. That individual is going to win a a standard copy of the game of their choice as well as a digital code for PUBG. So you're getting a you're getting a two for one with this with this contest. And it's just again, so our way of saying thank you for listening and supporting us, uh, taking part in our in our podcast and listening. Just a big old thank you for all those who've done that. So, kicking off, we have Alberto. <laughs> is number three Dragon Ball Fighters, and I almost said Fighter Z, but it's it's Fighters. <laughs> I still I still kind of fall for that. Number two is Secret of Mana. Number one, Monster Hunter World. Next up, we got Just Raffi. His number one is Red Dead Redemption. His number two, Monster Hunter World. Number three, Battlefield 2018, unannounced but rumored to be coming. Our next entrant is uh, Mr. Bad Fodder Figure himself, Devious Mr. Matt. Number one for him is Red Dead Redemption 2. Number two is Far Cry 5. Number three, MLB The Show 2018. Okay, I'll go ahead and read the next three. Um, Entry number four, Surgeon Fire, our good friend on the Everyday Gamers podcast. Um, His number one most anticipated is going to be Monster Hunter World. Number two, Spider-Man on the PS4. And then number three, Anthem from uh, EA and um, BioWare. BioWare. On there. Yes. Then uh, number five, Randy Graham. Um, his top three for 2018, Red Dead Redemption 2. His is number one, God of War, his number two. And Crackdown 3, his number three. And then we have Scorpion 5427. His top three for 2018 is uh, number one, Red Dead Redemption 2, number two, Far Cry 5, and number three, Monster Hunter World. Woohoo! And of course, I'm bringing up the rear. 
Uh, we got uh, Alex. His number one is God of War. Number two is Red Dead Redemption. Red, Red Dead Redemption Two, which was a better name, but yes. Um, and uh, Crackdown Three. Next we got on the list is Sam. Sam's uh, number one is Spider Man. Awesome, Sam. Uh, his number two is Red Dead Redemption Two, and his number three is God of War. And uh, last but certainly not least, we have uh, A. A. Ron. I mean Aaron. <laughs> Sorry, if you ever watched uh, Key and Peele, you'll get that joke. So it's uh, Aaron, seven. And his uh, number one is uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Fall, uh, sorry, Far Cry 5. And my fingers are crossed, too, my friend, The Division 2. So, uh, so yeah, so those are your entrants. Those are the people who entered our contest. Uh, please, uh, in the future, we'll, we'll probably be doing contests again. So definitely stay tuned. And uh, the more that enter, the more that enter, the better, you know. So uh, yeah. So without further ado, um, let's pick a winner. Okay, drum roll. That's so anticlimactic. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> We're waiting for something, Mr. Fungul. You got this. Mr. Fungal. Oh, I'm I'm muted. <laughs> surprise, surprise. That's awesome. <laughs> our winner, our winner is number six, Scorpion five four two seven. All righty. Awesome. That's great. All so, right. awesome. so, so we'll uh, Mr. Fungal. in contact yeah. with you on Twitter to let you know what game you want. If it's your number one or some something down your list. Just, uh, we'll be in contact with you for not only that, plus your uh, code for PUBG on the Xbox platform as well. Let so. me pick Monster Hunter World that we can play with you. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but congratulations, uh, Scorpion. Awesome. And uh, with that, a big thank you for all for everyone that participated in our uh, contest. And as was mentioned, we will be doing more contests as we go along in the year. But uh, we're going to move into our vessel line, our email for the week. And we got my man, Just Raffi, who writes in. So I've been thinking about game creation. First of all, it really stinks that so many games will be stranded on platforms as more games become more dependent on DLC and patches. For example, Destiny 1 is completely different today than the on-disc copy. When they shut down those servers, the game will never be the, be the same to new people going back to play it. Other games may only be accessible on one platform via digital download. So my question is, what is the expectation of game developers? How long are we? How long are they expected to support a game with patches and with tweaks? What is fair and was expected, and are they different? That's a good question. That's an excellent question. Um, I will just say that for me, I think there's a lot of subject subjective stuff here, and I think there's a lot of you know what how is the how is the game? Um, I would think that for a game like Destiny, which is you can't play it if it's not connected to a server. I mean, it literally cannot play it. There is no offline 
Destiny. It's the same with Destiny 2. Um, for games like that, um, I don't know. Destiny, we had Destiny 1 was uh, three years, right? It was three years old? Yeah. Okay. I I would say, man, that's that's rough. Um, I think for me, I would feel comfortable if a if a game uh, between its let's like with Des like with Destiny the original Destiny comes out. It's three years old by the time Destiny Two comes out. I'm comfortable with a with that equivalent amount of years in support on, on at least on a console. Um, so if Destiny One, you know, came out three years ago between Destiny One, Destiny Two, I'm okay with at least three years additional support, maintaining servers, keeping them online for 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 that re for an ex an, an additional three years. I I think that's just me. Um, going and thinking about, you know, like uh, on PC, you've got Team Fortress, how games, a game like that, I don't even know when Team Fortress first came out. I wasn't in a, it might have been a mod. I can't remember if it started out as a mod of uh, Half-Life first and then became its own thing or if it started out as its own thing. But I mean, that title has been supported uh, both by the uh, by, I think was it Valve, as well as the modding community has yeah. has has heavily supported that game too, and continue to support it. So I I think it's just uh, I don't know. It, uh, I think it's highly subjective and how you feel about. It. I know me personally when I heard that uh, uh, Gravity Rush two servers were shutting down. I didn't feel it was that big of a deal. I mean, I have not played the game yet, but to me, I always looked at Gravity Rush as a single-player experience. And, you know, okay, so you, I don't have access to leaderboards. I was never able to play. It was never one of those games where it's depending on a multiplayer uh, server base interaction to begin with um so to me that that wasn't that big of a deal but apparently it was a big deal to a lot of people because uh they convinced sony to extend the life on on those servers through i think it was at the end of july right yeah so i think that's highly subjective uh, i think it all depends on how much mileage you expect to get so i think that's going to be my response to, uh for rafi joe what do you think uh, for me, I, we definitely need to take a look to see as far as our, how to archive uh, these things properly. If it's just uh, keeping the servers up, at least on someone else's end, if it's Sony doesn't want it or Microsoft or Nintendo doesn't want to keep these servers up. It just depends. I would love to see the ability to be able to go back into these games 10, 15 years down the road and still be able to see how they played. On there, and you kind of can see from what the prior generation happened with, uh, you know, I mentioned Fantasy Star Online in the uh, Monster Hunter section, but uh, that game currently right now, obviously, uh, Sega has shut down 
those servers quite a bit of time ago and then there's no way that you can go in except for going in with a hacked like PC version of um, Fantasy Star Online Blue Burst, be able to go in and actually play that game authentically on a uh, console or on a PC right now. So, I mean, I would hope that they come up with a solution, especially if they do decide if and when to bring the 360 and PS3 contact content offline on there. There's still games on that system. I still haven't had an opportunity to play, and I would love to be able to at least... Uh, be able to put a disc in and be able to at least download all the patches to patch it up to where it should be on that, that how the creator intended. And, and I don't know what they're going to do as a long-term solution for this on there. So I would love to see Sony and Microsoft as part of their, um, you know, lovingly, stakingly their uh, back catalog that they will still keep that content online, you know, and it just depends if it's for major first party stuff. Yeah. I know some of the third party stuff, some of the patches you no longer can, you know, download, you know, so it just depends on the situations, but I do see to where, you know, if, you know, if we're going to get a whole retro on this kind of stuff, 10, 15 years from now, it might be hard to, you know, you might not just you maybe can't go back, unfortunately. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, so Des, me, what do you think? Well, for me personally, I mean, to answer those questions, it's like, what is the expectations of game developers? I think on a base level, it's to make money. Uh, pure and simple, you know, they have a product that they're selling. And as long as that product is, is able to turn a profit margin in the green, they will continue to support it. Um, that's on the base level, I think. And then uh, you just have to see, is, is does the cost you know, outweigh the satisfaction that customers are getting? Because if you're working on a server, yet not a lot of people might not be utilizing uh, the leaderboards or whatever, whatever service that server is providing. And if it's not enough or... Or they they need to re reallocate those those resources to something else going in the future. Uh, then well then well then there you go. You know I don't think they're doing it in a, in a, uh, malice uh, not at all. I think it's just you know they just need to move on to something that's going to make them more money or uh, and allocate resources as such. Um, I know that's a very kind of like you know corporate speak, but I think that's kind of what people forget is like you know they. It's a great experience, you know, to to play these games. But but when you're working with a with a with a system that that is online or or or, or the um, game, what is it called? Um, uh, expansion platform. You know, that's mm -hmm. just kind of how it. Game uh, how Pass you, type. Thing. Yeah, Game Pass. That's kind of how you. You know, that's kind of how it has to. Be. That's what it has to go. Same thing with, you know, how long are they expected to, su to support a game with patches and tweaks? You know, as long as the game is, 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 is still, you know, I hate to say the word deserving of, of that. You know, they're, you know, uh, what I think Destiny 2 is going through the hell that it's going through right now. It's like that's pretty much the only thing that, that Bungie has, has going right now. They're not developing any other games. I mean, it's, it's Destiny or nothing. So, so they have a, they have a, you know, an economical, you know, um, incentive to listen to the feedback of their of of the people that are playing their game because they ain't got nothing else you know coming on the pipe the pipe the pipeline you know so so they gotta tweak it they gotta change it up they gotta you know keep keep moving forward you know because they they are they are married to this 
to this um, this games as a service model that I spoke that I spoke about on 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 previous episodes. I mean that's that's what it is for them. And I and and I guess there's a lot of I was watching something um, a while ago about other games that are trying to go towards this model as well because it it, it it's this thing about like um, longevity getting money through longevity versus getting a lump sum at the beginning. Cause you can make a, you know, a, a horizon zero dawn, um, pop that, you know, pop it out, you know, make, get accolades, make a lot of money from that, but then it's done. It's over. You know, it had one expansion and that's it. You know, and, and most people got that. Some people got that expansion for free. So, so in 10 years, if you have that expansion, that game will still play like the day you just bought it. You know, but that's not the case with with um, Destiny. Destiny will always be different because of uh, because of the paid expansions, because of the of 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 the servers, because of its player base, because it, it is a multiplayer game. Um, and I think that's just kind of kind of what what it that that's just the nature of the beast right now. Uh, and what is a f- uh, what is fair and and what is expected and are they different uh, i think it's different for each 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 i think it's different for each uh business model uh for each one of those games you know i i think it just depends on on what the the game studio and the publisher wants from that series you know i mean look at madden you know or any of the sports games you know they 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 plop out a new a new a new game every year you know and they and they evolve those they they work on those servers you know for that year then they do another one and they rotate it out that's that's it you know no one's going to go play you know Madden 2005 <laughs> you know <laughs> you know because that's not current you know no one's going to play Destiny 1 because that's just not current you know and that's kind of that that that's just that's just us as consumers you know we 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 want the newest shiniest thing you know and and but 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 on one hand you know we do have uh xbox doing their whole backwards compatibility thing but again those are just single title games that you can just go experience you know with your nostalgia and then go back and start playing your your multiplayer games again you know so it i think it just depends on 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 what the developer and the publisher you know need in order to make money um Mm -hmm. Uh, another example is Mass Effect uh, Andromeda. You know that game was released. You know everyone shit on it, and then and then they they patched it and patched it and patched it and patched it and patched it, but it was not enough. You know it was not enough, and I think that game is fine. You know, but it was not enough given given the 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 the, the vocal outcry by uh, a minority, in my opinion, of people. You know and that that game is was dead. You know, it's dead. So, um, again, it just depends um, uh, on, on if a game takes off or not or, or, or if it's for multiplayer or single player. Um, uh, I think those are the two main things right now we have in video gaming. You know, we have the single player experience and then we have the multiplayer experience. And it just depends. And it just, at this point, it seems like the multiplayer experience uh, pays more. You know, yeah. so people are going to develop for that. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for your uh, for, thanks for your email there, just Rafi, and uh, you too can uh, email us 
at gamingvessels at gmail.com. And we'll go over our contact information at the end of the show. But right now, we're going to slide into the playlist. So Trader Joe, what you been playing this week, my friend? Uh, not much, man. I've just been busy with work and everything. So um, only thing I've played this week is the usual stuff, which would be uh, Destiny 2 and the Monster Hunter World demo on there. And I just dabble in the Monster Hunter World demo. I didn't even play with you guys on there. I'm thinking I'm looking forward to the main game coming out on Friday enough to where I don't want to be stuck with a time limit for one and not have any of my status uh, count as far as being, you know, I would want it to carry over to the main game, and it doesn't. So pretty much I dabble it with again. I know I'm going to be playing it, so um, <laughs> no sense in playing any further. I know we might give it a shot tonight. I know it's going down tonight at some point. So mm-hmm. um, uh, for Destiny 2, though, obviously, uh, from what I played of it, um, just doing some faction quests on there, finally got my Warlock into the mix on there. And then, of course, we could probably... All three of us talk about our little raid experience that we had yesterday uh, with uh, Surgeon Fire on there. So we finally had a chance to dabble in the raid, which is, I believe, we're doing the raid that's part of the Curse of Osiris expansion on there. So, and uh, what would you, what's your overall thoughts, guys? I mean, I didn't think the jumping puzzles weren't were that hard because we did have a good guide through. Uh, the um, first part of that on there. So I didn't think it was all that obtrusive compared to the original raid on Destiny 1, especially with the Vault of Glass jumping puzzle. Yeah, 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 yeah. But <laughs> I thought it was fairly easy. Yeah. I didn't think the I didn't think the, the, the raid layer was all that difficult. It was just the timing and getting it down. Uh, that last thing, I mean, although, although I think we got... We got um, we had a glitch at the end that was just so annoying. Oh my god, it was so annoying. But um, but no, I thought it was fine. You know, I I I enjoyed it. I would definitely do it again. <laughs> gotcha. Um, yeah, for me, uh, rage is the least is my least favorite thing about Destiny. Uh, Destiny Two has not changed that. <laughs> um, I just. It just took me forever to mentally understand what, you know, I got, you know, Void and Ark at Ark, you know, and cooking cooking the little uh, modules in the flames of the corresponding uh, polarity and then getting those and, and shooting the the minds to open to open the doors or to open the access to the next level of the game that for me just it was frustrating because i okay what what how what how and it wasn't until we ended it that it finally started making sense that okay if you've got two voids on one side and an arc then you've got to cook two put two modules in the void altar and that third one's got to go in the arc altar until they're done and then you got to grab them and shoot the the corresponding color it, it was just you know my initial thing with destiny one was rays can die in a fire uh that hasn't changed in this game i i just want to shoot aliens in the face and get loot um the whole 
I I get it for people that are more tactically minded. I think tactically 40 plus hours a week at my job. I don't want to do it when I play video games. I just want to blow stuff up and not have to think about it because I have to, my brain needs downtime. And if you want to call me stupid, fine, just call me stupid. I don't care. <laughs> but, you know, when I, when I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, start thinking tactically, uh, Bravo, Bravo, Nancy, Charlie, uh, Oscar, Mike, and do all that stuff when I play a video game. I, I just want to do is go in and whether it's alone or with a group of people, just blow stuff up and just blow stuff up for the fun of it. That that's just me though. But obviously, a lot of people uh, enjoy the raid, um, the raids in in this game. I will tag along with with other people who are willing to to let me ride their coat their coat string so I can get some destiny loot. But I I ain't going out of my way to do it. <laughs> that's that's just me. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> hey. You least you telling us how you feel about it for sure, and uh, you know we haven't done the raid so far, not for the fact, simple fact of us not wanting to do it. It's just the point that uh, I'm pretty sure if we really wanted to do it, we would have been able to do it using the guided system on Destiny 2, for sure, and be able to play with uh, randoms that were willing to teach us all the the ropes, quote unquote. But uh, you know my experience of playing the raid previously, especially with uh, random groups sometimes is that you know you get people mad saying oh you're effing this up or effing that up or i want to be able to play with people that are understanding you know especially if it's my first time you know so yeah. ease me into the mix man don't don't put all this pressure on me so i didn't feel that way when we played with surgeon which was great i think we had a good time we didn't get to the end of it of course but uh you know who knows if we'll give it another shot either tonight or tomorrow until the reset happens but we'll see as far as getting to the end on there i know uh jason said that i don't think he's even gotten to the end of the boss yet so i mean it's a point that uh you know i know some people play destiny too all they do is play the raid and after they get done playing the raid and hard they don't mess with the other content they don't like to do uh public events or uh any sort of the other stuff crucible or anything like that their main focus is the raid and i'm thinking destiny is great and destiny 2 is great to have the point to where you know there's people that maybe like to do only one or two different type of activities and so they get some uh extract worth from the game quote unquote you know about that so and like you desmond i know you don't like doing the crucible all that much but you still gotten a lot of value out of the game at least so well all right desmond what you been playing this week um well i we I play Destiny. <laughs> you guys are like, let's play Destiny. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so we play Destiny. Um, so yeah, I played that a little bit. Um, finally, got the Curse of Osiris um, uh, add-on or whatever. I got that and played through that. So with you guys, that was that was fun. Uh yeah, so I I hate to say it, but it really kind of it it playing that raid and uh, the the layer or whatever. I really kind of really kind of scratched that itch. I was like, okay, this is not like it's fun. I remember it. I mean, so I'm always like, don't get me wrong. You know, Destiny's a fun game. It's just you know, it's just kind of like you know, what do you want to you know, what do you want to do you know with it. So I I had fun. Um, I've been playing um. 
Uh, Battle Chasers Night War still. It's a good game. Uh, if you haven't played it, I, I think you should. I think you would really enjoy it. Um, and then the only other game that I've been playing, and you're going you're gonna to probably laugh at this, uh, or maybe not, I don't know, has been um, uh, Mages of Mysterial? 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 Mysteria, 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 Leah, Mister, Mister, Leah, 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 Mages of Mister Leah. So it's a fun little game. Uh, Australia, Australia, sure, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It was, um, it, I bought it for like, I think eleven dollars on the on the holiday sale. It's it's a, it's a PSN game. It's written by someone who wrote a lot of D and D or Dungeons and Dragons novels, and it's about this. I think it's made from a, by a French company. I can't remember what company made it. Um, but I saw it. I thought it was. I thought it looked good, and I bought it. You know, that's what you do on these sales. You you pick games and you you buy them. And and I have to say, I have been just enjoying the hell out of it. the The main premise of the game is you play this you know little girl named Zia, and in this world, you know the people who are gifted and they can be mages. And so once every 10 years, a couple of mages are born or something like that. I don't know. But, you know, one, one mage king, you know, went crazy and now all mages are, are outlawed. And so you, and you're this little girl and you're redhead run around and you're trying to, you're trying to stop this mad king. Um, and, and you're using your magic to do it. But the cool thing about it is, is you have four base, magic spells you know f- four base magic spells and then you get all these different augments that you add to your spells that make them do different things which is so cool because you can make all these different types of spells that do all these different types of things and there's all these puzzles that you can do it's sort of like it's sort of like um it's just sort of like a zelda almost like a zelda game because you you you're running around these worlds or these this, this little area and you you run into an area it loads up and then you have to shoot these goblins and the the evil people but you have to do these puzzles to get new augments for your spells that do that make them even more powerful and you you only have two bars your magic bar and your and your health bar and that's it you know it's it's been really kind of fun and you have this weird cryptic talking spell book and and everything uh I've just been really enjoying myself with it. I'm about, I want to say, forty percent uh, com- uh, completion rate with it, um, and I'm having fun with it. So yeah, if you haven't played it uh, and you didn't pick it up during the sale, um, wait for it for another sale. Definitely pick it up or buy it now. I think it's like twenty bucks. It's definitely worth it. You know, it's 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 got that little bit of um, classic Zelda vibe too. Um, little and just it's just the spell creation is so much fun and 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 you never know how the spells are going to work so you, so there's a lot of like trial and error and um and you, you have to use your spells in different different ways in order to uh do these puzzles but there's a lot of action in it too like there's a lot of bosses and stuff that you have to fight and a lot of mini bosses and stuff so um it's a fun game i i really hope they we have a second one coming out but that's what i've been playing so uh yeah so uh kev what have you been playing my friend well for me it's been uh destiny 2 uh same with the two of you it's also been jumping back into a fighting game that i'd stepped away from for a while for a while 
and that is Blaze Blue Central Fiction. Um, I'd been talking to, well, right around my birthday, I had like a hour and a half, maybe two hour conversation with my cousin-in-law, Donald. Um, and he was telling me about some of the changes that had taken place with some of the characters I used to fiddle around with, uh, with Central Fiction before. And the idea of being versed in more than maybe one, you're pushing it at two characters in Blaze Blue is daunting. It's very daunting because each character has so much depth, has their own independent move set. Some of their moves might be similar in execution, but their actions are completely different, 110% different from one another. So my main is Kagura. He has a big buster sword, and I've gone back to the lab to try and get good with him. And my secondary, because I'm, I'm, I'm hard-headed, so I'm, I'm going to take on a secondary, uh, which is Hibiki. And Hibiki is a rushdown character. Hey, Kagura also is a rushdown character. I would define him as such. But Hibiki is straight up rushed down. He uses two short swords, and his whole thing is getting in and staying in your face and trying to chop you up with his two swords. His um, his pressure is really good, and he has to be in your face because he has very little uh, in the way of uh, like anti anti projectile or anti even some of even his anti air options are limited so he's he's in your face Kagura, on the other hand uh he's all about getting in your face and doing big damage uh using that buster sword with his sword style so um enjoying those two at work um the cross game and it, it escapes the the Capcom Namco cross RPG is still very much in my wheelhouse. Uh, I play that at work during my breaks. Uh, story is crazy. I've got I've got Chris Redfield working with uh, uh, Dimitri from Darkstalkers and uh, Lilith from Darkstalkers working with uh, uh, the the Mishima the Mishima family from. <laughs> From Tekken, I mean, it is it is absolutely bad crap, crazy. Story makes no sense, uh, but it is still a very interesting and fun little tactics-style RPG that I'm having a lot of fun with. And typically my evenings are still ending with everybody's golf. That is just like the best game to end a gaming session on or you know something to play uh just before going to bed it is just very relaxing it is an arcade arcadey golf we've mentioned on the show before very arcadey um i want to say that we jumped into an online match this past week or that might have been the week before i can't remember uh but we did get a chance to play online uh in uh, match play yeah, I think and it was last weekend. Yeah. Last weekend, okay, um, and that was very enjoyable. But yeah, everybody's golf is still absolutely fantastic and very mellow, very chill, arcadey golf game that I think everybody should at least try once. It's 
at least in my area, it's at your local uh, red boxes. Definitely worth uh, a look see. Um, yeah, they're going for a ten spot. Actually, me actually been down to five. Who knows? We'll see. Mm-hmm. But on there, well, Desmond, you've been playing it too, or just a little tournament that we played. Just a little tournament we played. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, I, I play it every now and again. You know, when I'm bored, I'll throw it in. But after getting completely manhandled by Kevin, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, ugh. Like, seriously, y'all. He, he, he did not. Like, he was merciless. <laughs> and then, his, and his, and then his, his avatar looks like the Black Lupin the Third, is, is what Joe calls him. <laughs> He's like the Black Lupin the Third. I was like, go on here. Lupin. But no, he was... He he was not taking prisoners, yo. It was like, damn. Yeah. So, but it was fun. It was fun, you know. So, it was fun. So, yeah, it's definitely, definitely one of, one of the, one of the cooler kind of chill kind of in the gaming session type games that I like to, I like to play. So, that's going to do it for our playlist. And now we're going to move into our news section for some extra, extra information that our main man trader joe has brought for us so joe why don't you hit the folks up with them news nuggets bro okay uh first thing we're going to cover the um bombshell of the week the bombshell of the week happens to be nintendo's papercraft toy nintendo labo uh for the nintendo switch on there, um, they uh, had a nice little announcement video out uh, earlier this week. Uh, this is for kids and kids at heart. Um, Nintendo Labo is a kit-based experience on there, and there's going to be a variety of different kits coming out. Uh, they have three different build options being advertised, the variety kit, the robot kit, and the customization set on there. So uh, the variety kit... Uh, ToyCon uh, 01 comes in at 70 bucks. Uh, it includes software and all cardboard foam parts. Uh, it's going to come out on April the 20th, 2018 in North America. The kit will allow the, for you to build, be able to build two RC cars, a fishing rod, a house, a motorbike, and a piano that will have a unique experience tied to them on there. That's the more kid-friendly version of the Labo on there. Um, also, the robot kit will come in at 80 bucks. Also on April 20th, 2018, the kit will be a mech-themed kit, which will have you playing as a fighting robot, creating both a, a jetpack backpack and uh, goggles on there. Um, according to Nintendo, this will be the experience dedicated to the robot kit. You're going to be able to create a wearable robot suit, insert the left and right Joy-Cons into the designated slots on the backpack and visor to assume control of the robot, which is shown on TV while the Nintendo Switch console is docked. You are going to enjoy a variety of fun gameplay experiences, including robot mode, which you can destroy in-game buildings and UFOs on there. Last but not least is the customization set, which is effectively just a sticker pack to enhance your creations. The customization kit is set to release on April the 20th at a retail price of $9.99 on there. So, um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to check out the uh, trailer for this or the uh, various photographs for it. Um, I think it's absolutely bananas, but in a good way. <laughs> on there. Ain't no kid <laughs> playing with that. <laughs> 
Ain't no kid playing with that. No. Yeah, you don't think so? No. No. Ain't that kid'll destroy that in a minute. Come on now. Yeah. So you think it's just gonna be like 30, 40 year old like, you know, guys like ourselves messing with the stuff. That's you, Joe. I can see you doing it. (laughs) (laughs) But knowing your ass, you'll probably buy two of them. One to like hold pristine and then one that you can fuck around with. That's what you're gonna do. Oh, please. And I'm gonna look at it, I'd be like Mm. <laughs> I can see you know, I can just see you and Rose trying to play that uh, piano. Are <laughs> uh, you and Rose doing it because you have two because you have two Nintendo Switches, right? No, I do not have oh, two. You had Nintendo two. Switches. Did you have two at no. one time? Oh. Nope. Never. Well, I we talked see, about it, but, but uh, I can see you buying a second one for Rose. You guys can be like rock and sock and robots together. That'd be cute, you know. But myself okay, personally, sir. I will not be buying it. Sorry. Just uh, no. Well, after putting words in my mouth, sir, um, I would say <laughs> that Kevin had to remind me this was news to throw into the outline. So I am definitely, I mean, uh, if I want cardboard, I could go down to my local Rite Aid, go into the back where the trash cans are at and grab all the cardboard <laughs> I would ever want. You uh, say that now, <laughs> you say that now, but you will find a deal or when it's discounted, <laughs> you're going to buy it. So uh, I it's am okay. not buying this. Thing. It is okay. Even Joe. if it, even if it's five dollars, I'm not buying it. I, See, you're but, lying right there. You uh, are no, lying. I am not lying. You're I am lying. not five dollars to, to to experience it. Come on now, five dollars to experience it. You would buy it. You would buy it, and you would play it. <laughs> Come on. Negatory. Oh. Negatory. <laughs> oh, the lies, people. Nope. The only cardboard I want to see is the uh, cardboard from Pizza Hut or me and Ed's or whatever. <laughs> uh, for me, <laughs> honestly, though, for me to be in all honesty, for me, I think it. I think it's great. Nintendo is is known for its innovation and its craziness. Um, however, I think it's just weird. You know, I think it's weird. I think it's clever. I think it's fun. Um, I don't think it should be sixty dollars, sixty-seven dollars. I don't think it should be that. I mean, I, are you playing for the software? Like you're getting a game with this, right? Too? Yeah, you're getting a game with it. Okay, so, so, so I, I think... guess you're getting a game plus plus this the plus all these peripheral peripherals. So I mean, or, yeah, uh, you know, I I think it's cute. I think it's clever. I think it'll be fun to play. Um, you know, with your spouse, or you can play it with your with your child. You know, uh, help assemble it with your child and then play with the child and you'd have to supervise the child. And then when it's done, you put it up, you put it up away from the child so they don't fuck with it, break it. But um, but yeah, I think it, I think it's fun. Nintendo's anything, you know, but they're trying to shake it up, shake stuff up. So it's like, all right, you know, cool. Yeah. But that's I, all I can I do mean, with it. Like, I don't want to buy it, but. They came out with a paper airplane simulator or something, and maybe <laughs> I would think about that. But I just—I can see you sitting way. in a giant, a, a giant like paper box shaped like an airplane. <laughs> Are you sitting in it, <laughs> trying to play, using your using as, as a as a as a uh, using the um the, the 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 screen as like a little a little uh, uh, steering wheel and stuff. I could see it. You know? Ace Combat Eight. Ace Combat. The hardening. I'm sorry. <laughs> cardboard um, Ace. Ace. Ace Cardboard Combat. The, card. <laughs> the amount, amount of paper and cardboard would it take to actually fly my fat ass around? It's <laughs> considerable <laughs> amount. So, no. no That's the deluxe model. I was talking about paper airplanes back in the day when I was a kid with just a piece of uh, notebook paper and to be able to 
At least I know I messed around with paper airplanes when I was a kid. I don't know if you guys have. You know, I, I got did. I graduated up to like uh, those cardboard flyers, and I was amused by those for a bit. You know, and uh, I lived I, on those foam Delta darts. Yeah, those were fun. I love those things. Um, my Nintendo's some pimps. Um, <laughs> right. They gonna get you to buy cardboard for seventy dollars, and and and. Here's the thing, okay, I'm all for, I, I love Nintendo's ingenuity, but this is a straight-up pimp move. They're going to get you to pay $70, $80, for the same type of material they ship your Switch in. So I, I guess in a way, I wouldn't. it wouldn't surprise me if they start, you know, hey, once you take the Switch out of the box, you know, Cut it along these lines, and you have all these, you know, these other cutouts that you can do with Labo. I mean, I mean, it, this is crazy. This, this is a straight up pimp move. And, and just for just for poops and giggles, does anybody want to guess what the market market price for cardboard is? Just just take a random guess. What five dollars a pound? No, it is fifty cents per one hundred pounds. There you, go. you can buy a ton of cardboard for ten dollars. Now, this is the market value. So I'm those this is probably for businesses or companies like Amazon probably don't even pay that. So you can go onto Amazon right now <laughs> and buy yourself a pallet of 500 units of cardboard, 24 by 30 inches. For thirteen dollars and seventy-two cents, prices will range depending, and the price goes up depending on how wide it is, how big it is, whether it's an actual box or if it's actual just flat pieces of cardboard. But the cheapest, you know, that I've seen just doing a cursory look is right around twelve, thirteen dollars. Now Nintendo is going to throw in a game that is probably going to be, if we're lucky, the equivalent of one, two, three Switch. Which I, I'm sorry was not a sixty dollar value game. I, I I understand that you know it, it, whatever. This is a straight up pimp move. There's there's no other way. And another thing I want to see, I want to see durability tests because that robot backpack. I saw a lot of strings and mm-hmm. uh, rotating gears made out of cardboard. Are, is that section going to be pre-made? Are you going to be responsible to put all that together? I don't know about y'all, but I got little, I got nieces and nephews, and they will wear out something in, in, in a New York second. That labo would not last fifteen seconds with EJ. And EJ wouldn't be doing anything destructive with it. He'd just get excited and be playing it and, you know, punch a little harder than maybe he should or run around a little bit harder than he should. And that thing wouldn't last a no, second. Popping strings. It would not right. last a second. Them little things where you put the 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 Joy-Cons in to make them vibrate to little cardboard man move. I, I mean, little kids are notoriously hard on toys. I think there was a reason why when I was a kid, 
Most of my toys were made out of hard plastic and steel. It's because that's the only thing mm-hmm. that's going to last when a little kid gets a hold of it. This is, a parents are going to be mad at their kids when little Timmy comes and says that his robot, his robot backpack don't work no more because the strings done snapped and the gears popped out and durability tests. How can you durability? How can you test the durability of card of cardboard? I mean, this 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 is crazy. I mean, this is absolutely crazy. I applaud their, you know, and it was funny. There was a tweet. Uh, some I can't remember if it was Michael Practor himself who tweeted, or if it was somebody else that found a, a YouTube uh, section and it was right around the announcement of the switch and where or before the speculation of the announcement of the Switch. And he said Nintendo could could uh, slap their logo on cardboard and people will buy it. And he said, hey, I guess one of my, my predictions finally came true. He's not lying. No, he's not. I mean, this, this, this is mind-blowing to me that the, you're going to have to... Sh- I'm going to have to see... The durability tests on this, on this, particularly the more complicated stuff. And I tell you, I I, I applaud the hustle. Nintendo, some pimps, like I said. You even got a pimp name. Labo. Only thing I could make a comment to, I love the fact that it's coming out on 420. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Because I think you have to be smoking some herbs and go and pay $80 for some cardboard. Nah, they got to be smoking that herb just to create this thing, man, to begin with, man. Labo. So. <laughs> go on, Nintendo. Yeah, I, I you know, <laughs> don't hate the play, hate the game. <laughs> Seriously. All right, well, let's kind of move on to other news stories on here. Uh, next news story is kind of an omission from our last week's uh, Nintendo Direct Mini blowout on there. Because after we got done recording, I know both uh, Nemo and uh, Kevin, you mentioned, how come you didn't mention Ease 8 coming out for the Switch? Well, guess what? I kind of oh, totally forgot about it. I've been kind of waiting for Ease 8 to come out with the um, translation patch that's been long promised. So... Uh, just to kind of right the wrongs from last week, uh, Ease 8 Lacrimosa of Dana is coming out for the Switch on there. It will be out uh, sometime in 2018. I think summer is when they're looking at getting that out on there. If you're not familiar with this game, uh, it's from Nihon Falcom, which is published in the U.S. by uh, NIS America on there. Also, they have, um, because of the poor translation into English uh, of the uh, prior releases for the both the PlayStation 4 and Vita. The patch is going to be out on January the 30th. That will retranslate the game into legible and functional English on there. So I've been kind of holding off playing this game until the, the patch actually gets released. There's also a PC version that will, was supposed to come out on the same day on January 30th. Uh, but uh, they are putting that back in the oven to make sure that it is properly optimized uh, for PC. I bet you dime the dollars that they'll probably have that noted coder uh, Durante working on getting the PC version up to snuff. That way it runs on super the greatest mode 
on all PC configurations out there. But uh, basically they stated that because of the fact that uh, the game doesn't run properly on PC, uh, that they um, basically want to make sure to shore that up and get that out. They were talking about low frame rate issues and memory leak problems were uh, apparent on the PC builds that they received on there, and they did not want to release it in a uh, shoddy state on there. And they said that the um, systems regulating these frame rate issues are heavily reliant on the architecture of the original PS4 and are non-existent in PC architecture on there. And because of that reason, they want to put this uh, game back in to translate it properly for the PC. So probably going to look at a delay of some sort, not stated as far as how long it's going to take. But, um, you know, if you're waiting, waiting for it on PC, guess what? Uh, it'll be out sooner than later on there. And then if you really want to dabble with the game, it's on both PlayStation 4 and Vita for your gaming pleasure on that. So, so, and I'll be giving more impressions on this game uh, come February, as long as I could add it to my plate on there. I've been waiting to play it. I know, Kevin, you didn't care for it uh, when you tried, tried the demo out, but uh, Desmond, were you looking forward to checking this at all, or is it something that you're just going to play at my house on, on some unfortunate uh, uh, time timeline? I don't that. know. I really have no idea. Gotcha. Like, I'm kind of like, hmm. Oh, check out the demo. You might care for it, but uh, it—I I really like the action RPG. I've been a fan of the series for a while, so I definitely am going to go in full whole hog. I mean, the game's in my room, gaming room. I've just been waiting to play it because of the uh, reports of the retranslation of the game into, you know, better cohesive storyline. So, on that, so. Okay. Well, so I'm I'm glad to hear that it that they're continuing with uh, working on the PC version. So because I, I had read an article that it was going to be uh, delayed with indefinitely. So I'm I'm glad that they're moving forward. Uh, that came up in my uh, my news feed. So I'm glad that they're still going to be working at working on it, and that folks on the Steam side or the PC side of things are still going to be have the opportunity to play it. <clears throat> so yeah, because all, all the Ease games are actually on the PC now, so if you ever want to get that back catalog, because it's kind of haphazard on console, like, you know, like Ease 6 is only on PS2 and PSP, and then, like, you know, Ease 5 is not available anywhere, of course, and then a lot of the other games are available on PSP, of course, on there, but uh, um, which is playable also on the Vita, but, uh, you know, to get the full uh, 1 through 8 of the EU series, you're better off on the PC. So, all right. Another news this week, um, God of War, uh, Corey Barlog, the, uh, director of God of War commented on Twitter that the game will not have a season pass on there. Um, he's reiterated on Twitter that he's going through playthroughs of the game and, um, everything is looking good on there. So, of course, he says he's biased because he is the director on the project, of course. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, does not mean that we won't won't see any DLC further down the line, possibly like they did with Horizon Zero Dawn when they brought out the Frozen Wilds expansion on there. It just doesn't mean that you're going to have to pay a particular amount to get a, you know, one year's worth of downloadable content or anything like that, so... And there's no release date for God of War as of yet, but uh, GameStop did announce 
uh, or reveal a uh, God of War collector's edition on there, which includes tons of stuff, including a lithograph, a steelbook, a uh, bunch of digital content, of course, a nine-inch statue on there of both um, Kratos and the uh, little male protagonist's son on there. I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but we do not know when uh, the game is coming out as of yet on there. But uh, seeing the collector's edition announced, and I think it's, even though GameStop did announce it, it's not a GameStop exclusive because I believe Amazon had a listing for it. So I know everyone, their uncle's mother probably is waiting for the listing at bestbuy.com because you'll be able to get a 20% off with Gamers Club Unlock if you want to get the uh, collector's edition. The collector's edition is going to retail for $149.99. So I'm not sure if that's going to be too rich for any of our bloods, I'm waiting for me. It is for me. <laughs> I'm probably not going to pick this up either unless I could pick it up for cheaper because of the fact that I want the steel book. I'm assuming they'll probably have a like a um, another version of the game that maybe will just include the steel book along with maybe some of the downloadable content without the statue. I'm hoping that they do that. Because I would pay, you know, if they retail that at seventy nine ninety nine or something, I would gladly pay, pay an extra twenty bucks for some extra content and a steelbook case. So, but that's just me. So, but uh, any excitement for God of War, you guys? I mean, I know it's, you know, we talked about it uh, a couple episodes ago on our most anticipated for two thousand eighteen. But uh, um, any, you know, anxiousness waiting for the release date on this thing? For me, yes. Um, it was it was not part of my main, but again, like I said, the ones that mine really aren't don't have a particular order because there is in my book they're all day one confirmed purchases. So, yeah, I will be getting the standard version and I will be enjoying Kratos's latest adventure. Good deal. What about you, Desmond? Are you, are you still interested in God of War? It's kind of a wait and see kind of thing on it. No, I'll pick it up. You know, Good I definitely. Deal. Uh, I've played all the other ones, so, you know, right on. it's kind of one of those things where it's just, you know, at some point, I just kind of mm. wait and see how I'm going to get it, you know, it, it's not a, it's not a, I'm not going to buy it, it's just like when I'm going to buy it, you know? Yeah, yeah, it might not be a day one, but it's something that you'll, you know, if it's not, uh, it's not a if, it's just basically a when on yeah. there, so. Pretty much, mm-hmm. okay. And I don't even know how you would go about instituting a season pass on a game like God of War anyway. Um, I mean, I guess you could, you know, you know, there's is maybe give Kratos like some Viking armor or some, you know, changing his changing different outfits and skins. But I. Oh, Nintendo kind of did it with both Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and then also with uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. And so even though those both of those games are really single-player experiences, they had, like, expansions, additional weapons, you know, so they could have really done to the hilt. And, um, see, yeah, see, I don't consider that season pass. I consider that DLC. When, yeah. when a company tells me they I've got a season pass for you, that means you've got some some multiplayer stuff that's coming, some characters, you know, coming. Like if it's a fighting game roster, to me, that's that's that that that's season pass. This, you know, what what Breath of the Wild did. I, I, I even though they call it season pass, I don't really look at it as being a season pass. It's uh, like what Desmond has been saying. It's like a games as a service content. 
Yeah. You know, like what Destiny's bit, what Destiny's doing. I, I don't even see, you know, that I would just say that that's just how I define it. But yeah. I just don't see, I just really don't see how a single player game could really, you know, monetize a season pass, you know, that way. It, it you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't hurt, you know, particularly that, you know, with somewhere with the criticism that, uh, season passes and DLC has has been getting of late uh, that, you know, just kind of stepping out in front of it and saying, hey, you know, no season pass. So yeah. Probably smart. Yeah, that's a good thing. You know, maybe get the... Because this is kind of an aside that he was just commenting on Twitter, which, you know, obviously the game hasn't been announced uh, fully as far as retail data or anything like that. So it's a good thing that... At least he clarified that. So... Mm-hmm. so. Still excited for it, though. So, And in other news that caught my eye this week, uh, Yakuza 6 was in the news. They uh, recently released a trailer of all the different minigames in the game. Uh, you know, because Yakuza, if you know, is chock full of minigame goodness. A lot of stuff, including, you know, karaoke, uh, batting balls at the batting range, you know, going and hitting the arcade. But uh, one of the things that people have been kind of interested in, see if it would make the cut for the U.S. version of the game, is that there is a sexy live chat minigame that uh, was featured in the game, including a couple of ladies who uh, uh, star in the uh, Japanese adult film industry on there so um the uh yakuza yakuza localization producer sam mullen and scott strickhart uh went on to a twitch stream and did state that uh the uh sexy mini game will be in the u.s version intact on there so on there they did um basically not strip the game out of any of the japanese content on there so um keep in mind i don't know how much that is important to you guys but <laughs> obviously I, I watched a segment of it just to see what what the business is about but it shows uh uh the protagonist of yakuza um jumping in and going into a uh a video keyboard setup like in some sort of uh area in japan and, and chatting with some ladies online and on there and then having these ladies strip into bikinis so on there so uh keep in mind if you are going to be playing this game you might want to keep your wife out of the room possibly <laughs> so it can, hey can you can you change your name to trump and, no. and, and name and change the name to the, the ladies of stormy <laughs> get a stormy daniels mod is that what nope <laughs> uh, i think what uh protagonist of Yakuza is way more cooler than Trump would ever be, even though I would pay to put Trump in the game like that, sitting there beating people up. I don't think he would have to even be in there. He probably gets all the play he needs (laughs) just in his (laughs) day-to-day. Yeah. Now, there is no nudity in either of the two clips in the minigame, but uh, they're quite unsafe for work, from what I've been told, so... On there, um, nothing else was changed down the Western version of the game. Uh, there was one change that had to be done. Uh, there was a branding of one of the character's shoes that they didn't have the license for, so they made a uh, visual change. They took out a stripe on the shoe that the character was wearing. So, on there now, 
Also, keep in mind in Yakuza, you also are able to access an arcade. And so in this particular version of Yakuza, Yakuza 6, uh, there's two arcade games that you're going to be able to completely play on there. It's going to be an uh, arcade version of Puyo Puyo on there, which is the uh, classic gem, you know, match three puzzle game. And also there's going to be a full version of Virtua Fighter Five Final Showdown on there that you can play in Yakuza 6 and it is the full version of Virtua Fighter 5 Final Showdown which I uh, would love to give a slow clap because I've been waiting for Virtua Fighter 6 or something Virtua Fighter related to even get announced for current gen consoles and to be able to play this version of the game which is normally it was previously out for PS4 Three and uh, Xbox 360, but uh, this is going to be the latest arcade patch of uh, Virtual Fighter 5, and it'll be fully playable in the game on there. So I don't know if online you guys have any. Well? Uh, not sure about online play. If there's online play on there, I would be like super excited, but uh, it might just be uh, you know versus CPU on there. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see if that comes to be, whether it's online. Or not, you know, whether, yeah, or if there would be an ability to be able to go right to it in the menu versus having to, you know, go in game and travel to the arcade (laughs) to be able to play it. We want to give you the full, uh, the full arcade experience having to go. (laughs) Well, there there is footage of of Yakuza 6 where it shows, uh, uh, the protagonist, what's the protagonist? I forgot his name. Kazuma Kiryu. There you go. Thank you. Showing him actually strolling to a, a Club Sega uh, in Tokyo and be able to sit down to a Street Fighter Five Final Showdown machine and be able to kick it and, and play, you know, whether they have the, the wafting cigarette smoke and all the other <laughs> things of normal uh, Japanese arcades, you know. But uh, you'll have to see when the game comes out. The game is going to be out on March the 20th. I am ready day one on there um there is some ps4 pro support for the game too which will feature a more stable frame rate better puddles and reflections on there so be able to take a look at that but i'm super excited i'm just super glad that uh, they decided to keep uh, everything into the game i know yakuza 3 was censored a bit and i know some of the more diehard fans were riding sega's ass about it so i think from that point on they decided that they're going to keep everything in the game as much as they could do so um without compromising any of the original creators uh, intention for these games however they might be in good or bad taste so <laughs> any thoughts on yakuza 6 guys very no. excited for it i'm getting it so of course i still need to finish zero still trying to get through kwami so <laughs> how's how's Kwame going? You didn't play it this week, right? No, I did not. But uh what I've played so far has been fun. So okay. I will get back to it at some point. All right, good deal. Next news story caught my eye. We'll talk about the the uh possibility of Sony PlayStation getting their own amiibo. Uh a new set of miniature figures featuring some of Sony's latest and earliest IP from across the years has been revealed on there. Uh, the figures are going to be named Tokaku and will run you about 10 bucks per figurine on there. Um, there is going to be no, um, as far as uh, NFC 
capabilities figures are just going to be figures, which, you know, to me, (laughs) I like Amiibos, but at the same time, what they do in games and their functionality, I mean, just call them figures and get it done and over with. So, but Mm -hmm. uh, these figures are going to be available at your local GameStop and the first wave of characters uh, being featured, including the Hunter from Bloodborne, Parappa from Parappa the Rappa, Kratos from God of War, Crash, Bandicoot, Sackboy from Little Big Planet, a random vehicle, a Fisar from the Wipeout series, and then Heiachi from the Tekken series. So, so those cool. will be the initial figures. They're all going to be available for $10 each. They are numbered, so looks like that they're going to bring out multiple sets of these on there. So. So, any thoughts, you guys, on these? Any of these kind of catch your eye at all? I think they're cool, but I won't be getting any of them because uh, I ain't got no room for figurines in, <laughs> in my shelf space. Agreed. Just looks cool, but I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm figuring I'd be grabbing a few of these at least. They will decorate my desk at work. So, yeah. if I had a desk that I could actually be would be permanent, then maybe, yeah. But I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I got, I got a ton of stuff. In fact, uh, some of my coworkers uh, asked me if my Destiny ghost on my desk is a camera <laughs> looking at me. I said, no. <laughs> so I have a good size no. Destiny, Destiny ghost. Yeah, I say, yeah, we'll be in watch right now. So, <laughs> uh, other things that kind of caught my eye retail wise, uh, Sony this last week. Um, kind of under the radar announced that the Monster Hunter World uh, PS4 Pro model is coming to North America on there. So it's going to be available exclusively at GameStop for $449.99, which includes a physical copy of the game along with a branded PlayStation 4 Pro and a uh, nice burgundy controller with a lot of Monster Hunter elements to it on there. So. Uh, also, they have also announced that they're going to be bringing out the Glacier White PlayStation 4 Pro that was previously featured as a limited edition in the Destiny 2 uh, bundle on there. And that's going to be available exclusively at GameStop as well for $399.99. Now, Kevin, I know you were hemming and hawing about this. I don't know if you want to tell the people of your trials and tribulations about <laughs> getting this thing. I, I want I want the system, but I don't know if it's the point that I'm going to pay them that amount of money because I already have four, a couple of PlayStation 4 Pros, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, uh, I want it. Uh, it. Of all of the special edition consoles, at least from Sony, this is the one that I've seen that I really want to get. Um, this past, or oh, oh, this weekend, it's Sunday, the uh, 21st, 21st as, a, as of our recording. Uh, beginning Friday, I've been trying to try to create, a, create some deals uh, for trade purposes, pulling from my own gaming library, uh, trading back my PS4, my current PS4 Pro, uh, and going to Redbox and doing some flipping. Um, I was not able to put together a deal that would have been worth my time. The games that I would have been giving up for my own personal library would not yield enough, even with that 60%. And the games that I needed from the red box flips were not available, save uh, Plants vs. Zombies. So it wouldn't have been worth 
my time. So in the interim, if I happen to see it and I've got some ducats, I would just do, I just ask them to, hey, could you hold this for me? I'll go back, go, go back home, grab my PS4 Pro, delete all my information off it, take it back and uh, do it just a swap out that way. But the inner Scrooge in me, because especially after getting the my last two console acquisitions for zero out of pocket, it's like, damn, I'm going to skip you, you know, uh, 300 plus dollars after uh, the price reduction with my pro trade in, you know, from in the GameStop economy. You know, that's a lot of money. Um, well, even in, so, even in trade credit, I couldn't, I mean, I love the thing. I looked at that thing. I still stare at it. Look at the picture. I was viewing multiple pictures like I'm looking at porno for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I cannot justify trading in my one of my pros to get that thing because I mean it's just the embossing of a yeah. Monster Hunter monster and a special color controller. It's the same but system. But it does look dope. And it does look dope. <laughs> yeah, it does. I wish if I was you know just coming off just a regular PlayStation Four Pro, I oh I would yeah, be... a regular a regular if, uh, like a PS4 old PS4, uh, original yeah. PS4 or even a PS4 Slim done deal. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd done deal, no questions asked. But yeah. if I could have put a deal together, this would have been done. But I was not able to put a good trade deal together. So in, um, hi- in hindsight, I mean, the money you spent for your Xbox One X, would you rather have bought this or? <laughs> um, I, I like I said on Twitter, I'm looking at that One X like a roommate that's three months behind on his rent because. <laughs> He ain't <laughs> he ain't coming up with his share of you know switch paying his rent PS4 paying his rent one <laughs> mm. X bro you a little bit behind <laughs> so uh, I'm looking at it I'm like if it wasn't for EJ boy I tell you it'd be it I think it'd be uh, uh, uh gone with the wind part two <laughs> I honestly have to say that mm. I honestly have to say that it is but my little nephew who is Xbox only uh, and I just enjoy playing games with him so much it's uh it's keep it's staying there plus then there's the prospect of Ninja Gaiden 2 you know with the one X, you know, enhancements, you know, so that's why it's there. But yeah, I really want to get that console, but I, I just can't, ugh. that's a lot of money. Plus I'm trying to, I'm trying to leave planet 1080p and move to planet 4k and $450 would be better served for me if it's coming out of pocket, better served in acquiring that LG C7 as opposed to getting another pro or getting an, a console that I already have, you know, just with different, different, different stickers, you know. But I want it. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing wrong with wanting things. So, okay. And last but not least, uh, I did have one last news story. Uh, talks about gravity rush to its servers have been uh delayed as far as it's shut down until july on there july 18th specifically um basically the servers for gravity rush 2 are used to allow players to send and receive challenges treasure hints 
uh, Filter Ghost and acquire Dusty tokens on there. So it's a little bit more capability than just leaderboards itself on there. So, but uh, hopefully they still keep the uh, increase in the number of Dusty tokens earned for all players until online services do end on there. Um, probably more than likely they pushed it back because there was a uh, Twitter uh, hashtag and uh, petitions for Sony to push this back because, you know, the game's just has been out for like, what, one year and they were going to close the servers down. It's kind of a little bit too harsh, in my opinion, going back to Raffi's uh, question earlier on there. So so if you do own the game, you have up until July 18th uh, to go ahead and knock it out on there. Obviously, the game is still playable after the fact, but there are going to be certain elements, including additional costumes that you won't, will not be able to earn. And hopefully, once they do turn the servers off, maybe they could patch the game to allow you to be able to earn that in another certain uh, activity in the game without relying on online capability. But uh, good aside on that, uh, any of you too, I know I know Desmond, you've been a fan of the Gravity Rush series. I know you're looking to buy this. I don't know if you bought it yet. but uh, Not yet, but I will be buying it at some point. You know, gotcha. Just haven't done it yet. With the online servers going down at a certain point, is that going to give you a little bit more pep to your step as far as uh, picking this one up? Nope. Gotcha. I mean, I'm sad because I'm a I'm a I'm a sucker for a uh, for a new costume, so I'm kind of sad about that. But you know, it kind of is what it is. Yeah. All right. Good. Good deal. That's all our news for this week. So. Okay. Well, thank you so much for that, Joe. And um, <clears throat> we're, we've reached the end of the show, so it's time to hit you with our contact info. And you can reach us in the Twitter sphere. Trader Joe is at Joe Fongul, J O E F O N G U L. I am at Shonuff71, S H O N U F F, the number 71. And Des, the Bay Area Terra, is at Nemo Cub, N E M O C U B. For our game nights, you can hit us up on PlayStation Network. Joe is at Kamunagara, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A. I am Shonuff7, S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number seven. And Dez is at Nemotigger, N-E-M-O-T-G-G-R. And uh, we are also, believe it or not, we are on Xbox Live. Uh, Joe is Mr. Fongul, M-R-F-O-N-G-U-L, and I am Shonuff071, S-H-O-N-U-F-F-071, the the numerals there. Uh, Game nights are going to be Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can hit us up on our PSNs that I just mentioned uh, just a few seconds ago. Or you can hit us up if there's a game that you particularly would like to play. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Or you can hit us up at our uh, show Twitter, which is, of course, at Gaming Vessels. So uh, that brings us to the end of of this episode. We want to thank you, as always, for tuning in and listening to us hack it up about games and the game and games and gaming and industry in general and going over news and all that fun stuff. Uh, again, another special shout out to our entrance in our contest. Special thanks to Scorpion 5427. You got uh, you got you a couple of games coming your way, sir. 
So make sure you hit us up, uh, direct message, DM us on Twitter, and hit us up with your uh, shipping, uh, your, your your shipping address, so we can get that get those to you and uh, get you that PUBG code, so you can go about uh, looting for frying pans and assault rifles to <laughs> shoot people in the head before the circle constricts. And um, yeah, so this brings this episode to a conclusion. I am showing up seventy one. He is the Bay Area Terra Dez Nemo Cub. And that man over there is Trader Joe, who will maximize your gaming dollar. Joe Fongo, my amigos. <laughs> and who say you never could do karaoke? Come on. <laughs> right? Come the hell on. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. There's a Mr. Microphone waiting for you right now, sir. <laughs> yeah. Hey, girls, we'll be back to pick you up later. <laughs> <laughs> I'll know. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll be back next week. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>